Uh, I can say, and they're off because I'm not going to drink a beer. There we go. All right. Yeah, there we go. Cheers. 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 Here's to our first ever Zooming at you podcast. The, the Corona uh, cast. What's that <laughs> Corona cast? <laughs> Nobody brought a Corona? Yeah, right? No. Isn't that Come what Kevin's on. drinking? Kevin's yeah, drinking everybody. a Corona. No, I am not. I am drinking this. I'm key. That's cinch, Phil. I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure I've got yeah, Corona. Steve. So. Oh <laughs> not the drinking yeah. kingdom. I can I can feel it coming along at any moment. Ah. Hey, Phil, so who's going to be on Lost of Hooves? Who's going to start? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to my left is... Uh, we don't know. Smith. <laughs> and Denise Smith. And to Andrew. my left is... Anyone? Uh, Steve Smith. Up to your right. <laughs> Normally, Oscar's to my left. All right, so I'll start. Uh, Oscar? It's a.k.a. the Romantic Hispanic. And I'm drinking uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Really good wine. To really try. good wine. Cabernet Sauvignon. And to right. Oscar's left, normally Chris. Or Chris Crompton. Smith. I'm, I'm sitting here drinking some draft beer from the Hansa Brewing Company. It's their uh, blueberry sour called Mr. Meeseeks. Ooh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> and to his left, Daniel Kromke. Yep, and I'm drinking a goggle fogger from Fathead's Brewing Company. Woo! Nice. nice. Fantastic. What are you smoking there, Dan? It's not smoke, it's vape. <laughs> a little vape action, no big deal. And then uh, to his left on the motorcycle. It's uh, Steve Hofford, and I'm basically drinking my snot from my nose right now. Riding. What bike are you on? I'll be home soon. I will be home soon. That's gross. Thank you. Steve, what bike are you on? Uh, I'm on my zero. Oh, okay. Nice. Hence the quietness. Yep. Hence the quietness and uh, the only apocalypse-ready Corona vehicle. So. <laughs> but gas is so cheap. And right now it's really nice, right? It's around like 50, 55-ish degrees. I'm doing, a, I'm, uh, doing 35 right now. <laughs> temperature. Temperature was. Oh, oh um, although Zero has it available and it has a sensor for it, it's not displayed on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what temperature it is, but it's, it's kind of nippy out here. According to the uh, thermometer in my Pajero on the way home, it was 11 centigrade. Well, there you go. That's like in the 40s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 11 the, uh, centigrade. Moment of silence. Everyone's doing the conversion in their head. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak American. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the fancy Pajero I've been driving back and forth to work has every feature you can put in a Mitsubishi Pajero, but there is no button anywhere to change everything into English units of measure. Huh. It is purely metric. Oscar, do, Oscar. You, do you feel like, do you know Celsius better than Fahrenheit? Like when you think of the temperature, is it Celsius or do you do Fahrenheit? Nah, it's, it's, it's always been Fahrenheit because I'm so, I was so close to the border. It's always been like 70 something. Okay. So, yeah. And in my game of match game PM, the center gets a square is 
Kevin Rosman. Hey, what's up, hey. guys? <laughs> uh, we Where should have you been, like a game, a match game, P- or uh, what is the, the one? Uh, Hollywood Squares. Next month the Squares, yep. Yeah, and we should just have it so that there's, you know, a little celebrity in each block. <laughs> oh. I'll take Kromke to block. <laughs> so, so Kevin, what are you drinking, Kevin? I, I switched over from a juice box to a Miller Genuine Draft. Nice. More appropriate. <laughs> Where have you been for the last six months? I have been busy. I have been working a little bit later, running around with family stuff, and exciting news, hanging out at home because we are expecting a baby. Hey, congratulations. 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 Big life changes and just getting all that stuff ready. Nice. Yeah, right on. Been fun. Excellent. Do you guys have any idea what gender the baby's going to be? No, we're not going to find out. You're not going to find out. No nope. right? nice. surprise. Yeah. Keeping an RG. Nice. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it could be a Corona or a little Coronita. Here we go, guys. Think summer. Look at that. There's a sailboat. Oh, there you go. Uh, maybe, it's, uh, maybe the light will kill all this uh, virus. Uh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the warmth, for sure, if the warmth ever comes. So he's already down at Edgewater. Yeah. I took this picture um, on my way home from work today. This is at the end of my street. So if you guys have ever been to one of our uh, beach casts, like the mm-hmm. one time we had Josh Dono down there and Emmy and I, we all went out and we went, we went skinny dipping out there. Very and, nice. uh, yeah, that's at the end of my street. So, nice. geographically speaking, we're pointing the right way. It's just 700 feet that way. Yep. Right. True north. There you go. Yeah, true north. Exactly. True north. Yeah. Lake Erie, right? Yeah, Lake Yeah, Erie. that's Lake Erie. <laughs> hey, nice shot. It looks I, – for, for a second, I didn't think it was Lake Erie. I thought it was something more tropical. Yeah, that's, that, that, is, uh, that was literally this afternoon I took that shot. Nice. And I did, I did push the color up quite a bit. Well, sure, but yeah, I helped it. <laughs> what the hell happened to Kromke? I don't know, but <laughs> I like my beach better. <laughs> oh, shit. disappeared into a cloud of smoke. <laughs> that's that's vaping for you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you have it might actually be God at this say. point. It looks like Jerry Garcia is coming through the cloud of smoke. <laughs> Good vaping trick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to test positive on the weekend? Uh, well, you're, you're under him. On my screen, you're under him, and smoke goes up. Yeah, okay. I think you're probably going to be okay. So, and, and Cinch, welcome to Cinch, too. We didn't say the Yeah, yeah who's next? Yeah, right. And so, yeah, that's everybody, right? And then we're expecting a few more, but uh, Cam... He's uh, adopted a, a, a policy of eating three or four course meals now, and he can't get it done in time. So he'll join us when the Great Bupan <laughs> runs out. <laughs> I predict Dr. Waters will be here before he is. Ah, uh, very nice. Most likely. Yep. Yeah. And, she and then was, Nick, Nick as well, right? Where are we going to uh, Yeah, he said he'll be – he said he's going to be a little late. Okay. The uh, – my wife went and picked my sister up at the airport. She flew up from Florida, and she's, uh, she's heading to uh, be my caregiver for my mom. We're pulling her out of the nursing home, uh, not because of the COVID, but because the nursing home is driving her fucking insane. So 
Unbelievable. And they're, they're on lockdown, so they can't get any visitors. Hmm. So, yeah. so what are they going to do? Like, move her to the door and say, have at it? Yeah, so they're, uh, she's, we're, uh, mom's paying the money to have the ambulance take her from the nursing home to her place in Madison tomorrow. And then Nicole's going to move in with mom for the next week or longer and kind of try to get her through the last of her recovery to the point where she can at least do her bathroom stuff on her own. Hmm. Yeah. Very nice. So on top of all of the, you know, my mom literally fell off a toilet and broke her pelvis the day before they told everyone to stay at home and don't do anything. No. Perfect timing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And at first we were like, well, that's fine. She'll be in the nursing home and she'll be under lock and key. (laughs) And then it, Turned out that the nursing homes were a dangerous place to be. The worst place to be, yeah. That sounds like you made the right decision. And with her being on lockdown, she couldn't have any visitors, and that drives my mom absolutely insane to not have visitors. So, yeah. Hey, the, uh, the final Jeopardy question is, <clears throat> he was the first president to deliver the State of the Union address on television. Mm. Eisenhower? But we don't know yet. It, the music's still going. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm teased. I'm glad you're... So what are the guesses? Come on, you guys guess. Um, <laughs> Chris is paying attention deeply to the podcast. <laughs> Truman's a good guess. Oh, bullshit. They didn't have TV back in Truman's Day. <laughs> it's not smoke. It's vape. Eisenhower was incorrect. Eisenhower's not correct. Yeah, she bet $1,200. She... Second guy, Eisenhower. Truman. Oh, I'm in good company. Gonna be Harry Kennedy. Truman. Kennedy. Harry yeah. Truman. Yeah. Was it Harry Truman? Come on, Christian. She, she, she guessed FDR. Oh, okay. Truman! Well, that was my radio <laughs> problem. Oh, they're saying Truman. Are you kidding me? I would... wow. Oh, it's not going to be Truman. That guy who was president before Kennedy, who knows? It's before I was born. That's what I was thinking, Dan. Before a certain number of presidents, I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I guess we had those. I don't know. Before they were just... The old guy with the balding head. I don't know. The gray hair dude. Well, that wasn't wasn't part of my history class. I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. (laughs) I think since Kevin's been alive, every president that he's had in his lifetime has been some sort of a celebrity. We gotta get we gotta get Hoff to stop eating his microphone as he's walking and like breathing heavy over here. Oh really? Oh there he goes. Go see the the father son combo presidents or the celebrity. You're right. Right. Exactly. Yep. The. uh... So Phil, what are you drinking? Who was that? So I'm drinking a. uh, I'm drinking one of the many. So tonight I'm drinking (laughs) Gentleman Jack. Oh, nice. So. Um, somehow or another, I've ended up with three bottles of this at my house, and I've never bought one. Huh. How does that work? I don't know how it works, but it's just apparently it is the bottle most most likely to be abandoned at my house. It's 40%, so, you know, it's a blend. Uh, but, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not what I would normally drink, but it's, it's totally serviceable. <laughs> And plus, you can drink twice as much because it's forty percent. Because it's forty percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're not driving, so yay, alcohol. <laughs> it doesn't kill the virus, but it gives it a run for its money. <laughs> it makes it throw up. <laughs> did, did any of you guys see the video of the girl 
who is making a joke saying that she's going to kill the virus in her throat by spraying like some kind of like Lysol or something in it and then blow a, a flame, right? Oh, yeah. She inhales it, hits the flame, and it blows her face. Like she's like, <laughs> she's not hurt, but it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty it's funny. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. It goes, is it scary or did she get what she was, you know, head coming? Oh, yeah. This is all the news. Yep. Hello. Hi. All right. She disappeared. She's happy. <laughs> okay. A quick joke. Let me, let me do the quick joke before the ladies come in. Yes. <laughs> so one day, little Johnny saw his grandpa smoking his cigarettes. <clears throat> little Johnny asked, Grandpa, can I smoke one of your cigarettes? Grandpa replied, Can your penis reach your asshole? <laughs> no, said little Johnny. His grandpa replied, then you're not old enough. The next day, little Johnny saw his grandpa drinking a beer. He asked, Grandpa, can I drink some of your beer? His grandpa replied, can your penis reach your asshole? No, said little Johnny. Then you're not old enough, the grandpa replied. The next day, little Johnny was eating cookies. His grandpa asked, can I have some of your cookies? Little Johnny replied, can your penis reach your asshole? The grandpa says, it most certainly can. Little Johnny replied, then go fuck yourself. I think that's an absolutely perfect podcast joke. <laughs> a lot of setup for a very weak. Uh, <laughs> you didn't like the punchline? <laughs> I, th I thought it was perfect. Chris, can you just read your ass? <laughs> when you get ready, why don't you uh, come and join me? Uh oh. Okay. Oh, Mary got in already? Dr. Waters just walked in the house. Okay. Wow, well, I just beat the clock on that one. That's the whole podcast. There you go. She beat Cameron. <laughs> she did <laughs> you, beat Cameron. You called it. <laughs> she got here before Cameron or Nick or Mecklefresh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But she doesn't need her own screen, so. <laughs> That's true. So what what is uh what's what's going on at the uh, shop this week, Phil? Anything except for uh, you know anything? Well, yeah. What we've been doing, kind of interestingly, the the technique has been that we are uh, closing the front door. We have the front door locked, and if you want to, you know, do any business with us, you're going to have to call the phone number that we've put on the front door, which is you know the shop phone. But nobody's allowed to wander in and out anymore. And then we're um, vetting people through the telephone about how much we want them to be in the shop. And then for service calls, we're just asking them to leave the bikes out front and throw the keys in the mailbox. And then we'll go out and get them uh, and bring them in where they can be wiped down and then worked on in the service department. The uh, showroom stuff, like if somebody comes in and says like, oh, well, I want to buy a helmet. It, it gets weird at that point because you're like, okay, well, do you know what make, model, color, and size of helmet you want? Because if the answer is no, I want to try a bunch on, then no, you, you're not going to come into the shop and try on a bunch of helmets and spit all over everything and fuck our whole world up. So it is a, it is a weird way to run the business. It's, it's strange, but there's not a lot of business to talk about. It's not like we have, you know, a surplus of people trying to get in. It is a you know, a stay at home to a certain degree. Uh, at least the people that are coming in, you know, that actually they're in business. So, yeah. And that's a, that's a really funny thing. We've had a couple of people who have contacted us 
and you know they'll they'll pick up the phone and they'll call from their car and they'll say, "Oh, I I really wanted to buy a bike." And what's funny is I have been actually taking bikes and rolling them out of the shop <laughs> so that people could look at them. Yep. And you know, I've rolled four or five bikes out for one customer to kind of like, well, here's five bikes that are all used and they all meet your description. And uh, it's funny as shit, but it works. I mean, we have sold a couple of bikes. Good We're nowhere here where we would normally be right now, but you know, <clears throat> uh, it's what it is. Right. Well, you I mean, might actually keep it like this. Keep a lot of tire kickers out front. Keep them out of yep. the shop. Yeah, we make we might just make up a new virus every time we run out of a virus. <laughs> you know, you know. Our buddy Dan from Cincinnati, um, he's not working on bikes right now. He got a job at the Ryan Heist uh, Brewery. So yeah, I saw that. If Mid Ohio happens, he said he's going to try to score about you know a bunch of cases of Ryan Geist beer for us for Mid Ohio. Yeah. What's oh, he doing fantastic. down at Rheingeist? He's working there. Nice. Uh, doing what? Um, he's in the warehouse Who doing something. Okay. He had yeah. the shirt. Nobody was there, and he was drinking beer <laughs> in the warehouse saying, hey, I work here. I was like, what a great job. <laughs> yep. Hmm? Oscar, are you working from home? Uh, not yet. I'm going to start on Monday. Uh, we have to do some stuff in the labs. So I have to go back to work, but uh, probably starting on Monday, I – don't have a need to be there, so I'm going to start working from home, which I really don't like. I've tried it a couple times a long time ago, but it's just like just I think I'm going to go insane really going. fast. True. <laughs> Watch the extension for Gotcha. No. Very true. Look at, this, look at the background. It's hard to work from home. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's, you need to get used to it. It's, I don't think it's an easy thing you can just pick up and just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do my hours. Yeah. No. Once you start doing the nine to five or, or, or whatever hours you do. You know, you going back to that, manage your own time <laughs> by being fully at home, it's not right. going to be easy. So if you enough. want to go ahead and eat your food. And especially with the kids, for those of us that have kids, try to work at home. Me and my I wife are here born. trying to work at home, and our kids running up and down and going crazy, and it's crazy, man. That's that's what I've heard. Even a friend of mine that uh, she's been working from home for the last week, uh, she's planning pretty much on working at night one, while the kids are going <laughs> to sleep and the weekend. So it's not, it's definitely not easy. Yeah, I, I feel for her. Yeah. But then again, we're not hopefully getting the virus, so I guess it's worth it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is uh this is Simon. He may uh he may appear intermittently throughout the podcast. <laughs> um because we're in the uh we've decided to do this podcast tonight from a remote location, and that is in my dining room adjacent to the litter box. <laughs> oh. He may have <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. I got a poop, dude. Let me down. <laughs> I, didn't, I came I didn't here to poop. Yeah. I didn't come over here for the conversation. Right. Yeah. I thought you were going to pull the uh, coast to coast. You're going to be in an undisclosed location. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's so horrible about that. That one lady says, I'm in an undisclosed lo location. That's her intro. And then halfway into her intro, she says, I'm in, like, St. Louis doing this show. I mean, it's like, so why do you even say I'm in a nice yeah. Why even bother trying? Yeah. Yeah. So I see that Chris has broken out the fez. Are we, are we doing funny hat day? Oh. Sure. Oh, shit. I should have brought one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fully fucking stocked. If we're doing funny hat day, I could just marry. <laughs> Make Merritt bring funny hats for the next two hours. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, baby. Yeah. It's, uh, there is absolutely no fucking shortage of funny hats in this house. It's, uh, it's absurd. We have no children. So one of, the, one of the bedrooms that probably would have been the master bedroom 
uh, we turned into a closet. So because you have no kids and it's just the two of us, that bedroom is a closet and we, we've done our best to fill that fucker. And, uh, so all the costumes and everything just like yeah. all in there. Oh yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every, could, every uh, we, I think Merritt alone could probably do nine or ten costume changes. I think I could do sixteen. <laughs> all right, well, take us on a tour then. Let's yeah. go. Let's, let's go. <laughs> You're lucky. Every every cool hat I get, as you saw, she came down. My daughter wears all my stuff. I, I'm like, where's my hat? <laughs> like, it all became her hat now. I'm like, great. <laughs> so. <clears throat> So, do you guys want to see something I bought yesterday? Yes, please. Yes. All right, here we go. Of course. Uh, this could get weird, so don't get any vertigo. All right, there you go. So, you guys all, y'all soaking that in? A little Beamer action. So, it's a 1999 BMW. It appeared at the auction in Cincinnati, and they did a last-minute auction. Uh, they didn't give us a lot of warning about it. And you guys will remember in a previous podcast, we talked about a company called Rumble On, mm-hmm. and yep. Rumble On is a uh, is a is a company that when you desperately need money to buy heroin, you can sell them your motorcycle, <laughs> and uh, they'll give you wow. they'll give you top dollar for your motorcycle. And so to give you an idea of how much money they will give you for your motorcycle, um, this. BMW, which is a K1200 RS, which you'll, most of you will know is a, a fairly potent motorcycle. Would anyone like to guess how much money I paid to buy that motorcycle? Und $1,200. Anyone? I was going to say 15 2 k I was going to say like 5600 bucks or something. Sleepy is right. It is exactly $1 per cc. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Damn. I, wow. I paid a buck a CC for an ABS traction control, all the bells and whistles, German motorcycle uh, that does run and it doesn't have a check engine light or a BMW, you know, your brakes have exploded light. Um, and it will eventually have all of those problems. Oh, sure. But not while <laughs> I own it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, uh, they had about they had about three hundred bikes listed, but only uh, only about twelve or thirteen of them were in Cincinnati. The rest of them were in San Diego, uh, and it was killing me to look at how cheaply a lot of these bikes were selling. But they were all in fucking San Diego, and I'm not gonna you know spend eight hundred dollars <laughs> or nine hundred dollars to ship a yeah. bike from San Diego to Cleveland. Um, it's gonna really cut into my profit margin. But this is what we're talking about. Like in this uh, outbreak scenario, prices are just going to fucking fall, man. Yeah. And that auction, which is normally an auction that favors the guys that are there in person bidding, um, that auction was just online. There were no humans there. So it was a very strange experience. And bikes were going for less. So I know that Chris was talking about getting a, a Kawasaki. Now, none of them appeared in this auction. The best we could get were a couple of V-Stars that were, you know, high output or high displacement cruisers. Uh, They happen to be in San Diego, but this is going to be the time. I'm going to keep an eye on these things really closely. Well, those big Kawasaki or the big uh, CC cruisers you mentioned, are the prices uh, appealing on those or? Yes, absolutely. Um, This, I mean, right now, we're just seeing the very leading edge of crazy, crazy low prices. 
And some of the stuff that was like a three-year-old triumph, now that was going for pretty much what wholesale value should be. Okay. Um, a lot of the stuff that was like less than five years old, it's pretty much where you think it would be. If you look at wholesale value on KBB or NADA, um, that's what people were paying. But on the weirder stuff, on the stuff that was older, 2011 Ducati Multistrada, the uh, Multistrada 1200, which is the, you know, that's the, uh, that's the cool motor. I mean, that's the one you want to have. And, you know, that's the Testistrada. And that one was not just the S model, but it was the Touring S model, which has the electronically adjustable suspension. It's yep. every way that you can get a Multistrada. And it sold for 4200 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For a 2011, you know, that's a nine-year-old Ducati. Now, granted, if your nine-year-old Ducati gives you some problems, it could be really expensive to fix it. But for a motorcycle with 21,000 miles on it that has everything. Now, the only reason I didn't jump on it is the bike was located in San Diego. So San Diego, it's just, you know, unless I'm planning on flying out there and driving it back, or spending the seven or eight hundred bucks to ship it back, but that's a really freaking good deal. Yeah. And so there will be the opportunity to get some really good bikes cheaply. And these auctions, these NPA auctions and stuff, which are dealer only, they're just a reflection of what's happening on the street. So, uh, so when you when you bought this bike now with the whole virus and everything, are they giving you time to go down to Cincinnati and pick it up? Like they're not like come tomorrow or anything, right? No, the way these dealer auctions generally work is how they function is the dealer has to have like, you know, a, a very high line of credit. Mm -hmm. And so the dealer has a high line of credit that uh, these auction companies know about. And then you can, I can purchase bikes using the internet, basically buying a bike online, and then they'll hold the bike for me for about, you know, usually up to around 30 days. And that's the amount of time I have on the flooring for the money they've that I have set in reserve, so to speak, my floor line, my line of credit. And then I've got 30 days. Now, as it happens, I've got a customer that I sold a zero to an FXS, and I've got to go down to Cincinnati to pick one up. Uh, so I'm going to go down to Cincinnati, pick up the zero FXS, visit our friend Tim Burke while I'm down there, and then also bring back that BMW. Beautiful. That's the guy that we talked to on Monday. That's the guy that we talked to at the IMS show, right, Tim? From That's the guy who went out drinking with Chris and Dan. And I, ah. and, uh, yeah, good dude. Very, very good dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's fantastic. So that's, uh, that gives you an idea where the market is right now. It's a really, uh, really weird market. Well, well can you keep, can an, you eye keep an eye open, open for, for uh, either a, a, a Goldwing or a uh, Goldwing? CB1100? So I, I did not see any CB1100s, but I did watch a Goldwing. A 99 Goldwing went through. Um, <clears throat> black in color. The only downside with it was is it did have 81,000 miles. Uh, so in, in the sheet, wasn't the its numbers weren't great. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and pull that uh, number. I'll pull that sheet up again so I can explain to you guys the way these sheets work. And an F6B. F6B. What's that? Can you, can you look out for an F6B too? I have been looking out for an F6B. There, F6Bs are on my constant watch list. Yes, and yes, always. I've never stopped. I have never stopped watching out for an F6B. So I'm going to go ahead and pull this screen up. Hey, Cam, how you doing? Hey, how's uh, it going? 
So here's the, this is a good example of the screen um, that for the bike, Ooh. right? And so you can then, you know, look at the bike and you can kind of look at various different pictures of it. And this company does a very good job of photographing the bike. And if there is an issue with the bike, they'll take a good, uh, good close-up picture of it. Do you guys see that? So that's the un you guys see the underbelly of the bike there? Oh yeah, there's yeah. dirt. I would have never bought that. There's that's dirt on it. It's dirty. It's <laughs> dirty. It's really, really dirty. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of the, the way detail of the pictures, yeah. The amount of detail that they do, and then you can kind of scroll along and you can see all kinds of different stuff about the bike. Um, so this gives you the level. There's more detail involved buying a bike from these dealers only auction than there is when I buy cars from Japan sometimes. Yep. So it's a wow. uh, yeah. It's really um, it is really a uh, a very very in depth buying process. So you know, pretty cool. Now here's something that's neat. Um, now you can see that I'm going to pull this picture up. See that scratch right there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that damage is on the left hand lower fairing. Okay. You can see the the valve cover over here on the left side of the motor. Yep. And. Uh, <laughs> It's all hell breaks loose. But hey, so Nick. that is, that's reflected here. Now, if you guys can see, there's a list. And can you guys read the list? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it tells you like the tire on this one, <laughs> the front tire is a sport tire and it's uh, worn and it has less than two thirty seconds of an inch of tread left. That's pretty detailed, yeah. So it's a very, very detailed list. And when you look at the fairing left, it says it gets a seven score. And that, of course, would be that it has cosmetic heavy damage, right? So these sheets are pretty amazing yeah. in the amount of detail that you get. So, you know, that's pretty cool. And you and know what's pretty amazing about that is that, I mean, how much time, it takes them an extra five minutes to take the extra pictures. It costs them absolutely zero, but it probably saves them so much money and like people coming back with returns or being upset about something or whatever, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. It's just like, a, it's like free doing a good job, you know? Right. And yeah, I can I tell you from my experience, I've had situations before where I've gone in there and I've bought a bike. And when I purchased the bike and I'm down there, you know, at the auction location and I realized that it's a motorcycle that has like a computer coded master key. And I'll be like, Hey, I, I just noticed there's no computer coded master key. There's the regular, like the daily driver key, but the master key, I can't find it. And they'll actually say, well, was there a picture of the master key in the listing? Wow. Wait. And I'm like, oh, shit, there wasn't a picture of the master key in the listing. And they're like, well, then you're not getting one. So, like, they're very specific about it. Wow. And if you're not new, you know, if you're not experienced at these auctions, that can get you in trouble. And uh, sometimes you'll, you'll jump on something and be like, oh, this is the one I'm totally going to buy. I know this is the bike I want. And you'll wonder why nobody else is bidding on it. And then you'll discover something like, oh, well, had I read at the very bottom of the description, it says it starts and it runs, but it's got a serious knocking noise, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a, a thing that you, you, know, you can be aware of. Yeah. I think that would make that's a really idea. awesome checklist for newbies going out looking at used motorcycles. You know, yeah, that's an excellent point. If you did something like that and you took a look at that, you know, their system of doing this is they're essentially creating a score. Um, they're creating a score for every single bike that they list. Huh. So yeah. really a, wow. a decent way to look at that. If you were to print this out, 
you'd be able to say like, these are all things you should look at. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I think is pretty funny is that there's a lot of stuff like uh, when they talk about, you know, the engines running, you know, the actual ignition and the running status. So right up here at the top, it says engine mechanical runs good, normal, good shifts operates. And a lot of that would be like, if there was a check engine light indicated, um, which with these BMWs, you're going to see a lot of check engine lights. You're going to see a lot of service lights. You're going to see a lot of brake um, ABS lights. And they would have that listed in here mm-hmm. because um, those are things that can really knock the price out of a bike fast. So, um, and plus it's got the VIN right there and the mileage and everything else. So I just want to say, Dan, that's a really excellent suggestion. I know a couple yeah. times when I went to buy motorcycles, you kind of get caught up in the moment at times or the guys talking to you, trying to make conversation and they have an actual checklist, you know, did I check that? I forget, right. whatever. It's a really good point. Yeah, that's true. And you can get wrapped up in the romance of buying a bike and, mm-hmm. you know, listen to the guy telling the story about like, oh, sure. well, you know, my uncle bought this thing right after he got back from Vietnam. And, you know, here's the, here's the actual, you know, the dime he put in the fuse block in case he ever broke down, he could call for help <laughs> and all this other horse shit. And you forget yeah that you need to be checking on shit like, well, you know, does it sound like the cam chain is doing its job? Right. Back in the day, it was the fastest KZ in town. Uh, <laughs> be a Fez party. You got you to gotta tell us about the fucking Fez party situation. Look at this. We got to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 10 seconds away from demanding that Mer- Merritt bring me a Fez. Cromkey's Fez is fantastic. Holy yeah. shit. You talk about it. I had a Fez that was like twice as good as this that a friend yeah. of mine gave me, but it was so small, I just couldn't wear it. And you know, <laughs> a couple of years later, he traded it, he let me trade it in for this one. Nice. nice. Now, can you explain to me how one would be twice as good as that one? I was just thinking <laughs> that. Well, let me what would it look like this way? My There's friends, a 28 point re- my friends referred to this Fez <laughs> as the Fez of penultimate coolness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, excellent! That is very cool. I found the ultimate uh, clothing accessory, and if it wasn't thirty four dollars, I'd buy one for each of us. But uh, the world may be going to shit. But uh, technology, like three D printing technology, has gotten good enough that we now you can order a gold. <laughs> 3D printed replica of Rick James's Unity Ring. No. <laughs> uh, Let me know what you need, man. I got a good one, right? Uh, I know. Right there. I was you could just download the file and print it yourself, and yeah. the guy doesn't let you do that. Because if he would sell the file for like, if he sold the file for thirty bucks, I'd order the file and print. Everyone I know would be getting a Unity Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Old bloody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I just bought a car off a of Copart not too long ago and paid about twice as much as I expected to pay for that car off a of Copart. Why? What'd you buy? I bought another Corvette. Oh, that's the, dumb that's question. The I'm Corvette. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This one? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the red Corvette that I I think I posted like one picture of it on my that's uh on timeline. But I have uh cloth seats in the yellow car, and that was a really cool uh option that I wanted to keep because the car has the clear <laughs> top. Or is supposed to have the clear top. And uh you can't get you can't even buy the uh fabric anymore to do the uh upholstery. So it was either get new fabric made up and then pay an upholstery shop to redo my seats or buy a car that had good seats and i found a 34,000 mile <laughs> car with the same interior that had an engine fire 
Uh, but as it turns out, the yellow card is way more than I thought, and uh, Boy, so I'm just going to be using way more of the red card than I thought I would. Well, well but can, go back to there you <laughs> why you paid too much. What, like, what happened? Like, so you thought you were paying one thing, and then something else happened? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just it, we were talking about getting caught up in bidding, and it was a situation where when is the next time I'm going to find a cloth seat car with under 50,000 miles that's under you know, $5,000? That's within two hours of me. So it was a car that I expected to pay between eight hundred and thirteen hundred dollars for, and I paid two thousand dollars for it out the door. So, are there any hidden fees with Copart, or what you see is what you pay? Um, I wouldn't call them hidden fees because they outline them pretty well. But the the selling price of the car, the auction price that it sold for, the hammer fell at thirteen hundred dollars. Oh, okay. It cost me a hair over. It cost me two thousand and thirteen dollars. To actually go pick the car up. What is that? Taxes and what other fees? Taxes, all of their fees. Uh, it's been a couple months. It's been well, not quite a couple months. It's been a month or so. I can't remember exactly what all the fees are because I don't buy cars off of Copart regularly. But right, they have like a. I didn't have to pay any lot fees or storage there fees because the the auction happened on a Wednesday, I think, and I picked it up on a Friday. The same Friday, so I had to pick it up that you know. Thursday or Friday or late Wednesday before it started accruing storage fees the next week. So were you satisfied with the whole, the whole thing? Like were you, would you do it again? Um, I was really lucky that the car was as good as it was. So I bought the car based on one interior picture that only showed the condition of the passenger seat. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a real effing gamble on $2,000 because I'm effectively at that point in my mind, I was paying $2,000 for a pair of seats (laughs) and I didn't get to see the seat that shows the most most wear on it. So um, the car ended up being, you know, just about as nice as it looked in the ad, but um, there were four pictures and they were apparently taken with like a Sony Mavica 1.3 megapixel camera with a floppy disk. And so I, I had one of those. Us, <laughs> yeah, I still have mine. Um, Damn, I might pick your brain like down the road about this uh, Copart thing. Yeah, well, that's fine. Nice. I can put you in touch with my buddy that buys a new, buys two cars a week on Copart. I mean, he's like oh. the expert at it. He bids, he bids, he spends tens of thousands of dollars on his phone. Like while he's stuck in traffic, it blows my mind. <laughs> was that the guy named? Uh, I think his name was Steve. He's on your Facebook. Uh, he was making some comments about all the rental cars that were. No, that's a guy I used to write with. At uh, I believe he and I wrote for the Drive at the same time. Drive, right? Yeah. Oh, right so around the time like they from. Yeah, I mean that was. Uh, I was. I was watching that. I was kind of paying attention to what he was writing about all of those rental cars that are being put out or put back into the inventory of used cars that have only one year on them. Yeah. Whereas normally, you know, normally the companies hang on to them for quite a while longer. So I think the one car he posted, it was like a TRD pro Tacoma. And I think it sold for like high twenties and we're talking like a one year old car. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, it was really interesting to to kind of read his post, and I went back and looked at his Facebook page and looked at a lot of the different stuff that he posted over the years, and uh, it's really neat. I mean, really good insider information. Hi, Diane. He's a very well-rounded person when it comes to that uh, expertise of I don't know that knowledge base. He's interesting to follow. Yeah, Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, I mean, I've talked to him before. He's like. 
he's slightly pretentious in the way that you kind of get to be when you're that good at what it is that you do. (laughs) But on the other end, I'm like, you and I got paid exactly the same amount of money for our opinions when we worked together at the drive. And that was within like the last 18 months. So there was a a really, really great American philosopher who once said, it ain't bragging motherfucker. If you can back it up. Right. was a kid rock. Yeah. The late late 20th century uh, poet and playwright, kid rock. Um, there was hey, a, so that uh, that fence that you have is that from Hillcrest from San Diego? Was that a different Hillcrest? Oh, oh this one. <laughs> this one here. <laughs> yeah. This fence. There we go. <laughs> yeah, this one. This is from San Diego. So yeah, I, I got this one. Right, Bobby, yeah, this one came over. from San Diego. Okay, Hillcrest. Hey, hey, just checking, yeah. man. I'm offended. You yeah, was, yeah, yeah that, that's where this one came from. Okay, yeah. just yeah. just, just saying. Yep. I, I hope this doesn't offend you. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> hey, hey, it's I'm, I'm, I'm offended you didn't wait for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You missed I don't know what's wrong with you guys. I have oh, silly hats. Man, Phil's got all the hats. <laughs> oh, my God. That Bobby's amazing. All <laughs> right, Bobby, pull it over. Silly hats as long as we need to do silly hats. Yeah. Damn. I was going to wear that awesome uh, Harley hat that you brought back for me with uh, Johnny Mac, but uh, I can't wear a hat and the Xbox headset. Yeah. You can try. You can put it over. I already did. That'll look extra silly. And you'd win the oh, my God. Kevin, come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, oh man! Now Phil's okay. in Jumanji. Oh, back into the uh, yeah, back into <laughs> motorcycles if we could. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I I was asking. I was like, so is this just switching automatically really based on who's loudest? Well. Yeah, because it kind of seems like yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it does, and I think that's what's recorded um, to the video. So that's what you're going to video feed. So if somebody farts, if somebody's loud or whatever, <laughs> happens. He's not really fit over the headphones too well. A crumpy, yeah, I don't know. A crumpy, I don't know if anybody got to see that. I think you might need to put that back on and, and say something so the camera will pick that up. Yeah, this is this is a parade of hats. Yeah, no kidding. I think I think we lost Nick and we lost. Uh, oh, Cameron's back. What are you drinking, Cameron? Just water. Oh my god! All right. Got my Duke Nukem sunglasses. Oh my gosh. Blow it out your ass. Yes, son. <laughs> I I yeah, these are actually like more like Yo. Macho Man sunglasses. Yes, they are. To the top. Nick, what are you going on there? God, look at Nick. <laughs> I don't think Nick's wearing a shirt. Holy shit. <laughs> Nick's like, fuck culture appropriation. Oh my God, horrible. <laughs> That's fantastic. So wait, so I have to go back and get a white Peter shirt then? Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna, gonna flip it over. <laughs> oh my god. That's a where do you buy a sombrero like that? Where, what what's the story? It's not even mine. <laughs> it just lives in your <laughs> house. requires more of a story now. I know. Did pay you to store that thing? Oh my god. What? Does somebody pay you to store that thing? If you charge well, by the square foot, that would cover your mortgage. <laughs> I mean, I charge my roommate to live here, and this is his hat. So, <laughs> Vic has a giant, giant, giant sombrero. I think yeah. you made. Oh my god! Job. It's That's like outside of the frame of the. Thing. <laughs> 
It's over 1080p. You need a 4K <laughs> camera to see your hat, dude. Oh shit! You're gonna oh, lose the door, shit! Oh my oh, god. We can also. Change we could change it up a little bit and we could just get into luchadori masks. So we could do some Yeah. Yeah, this is one that Merritt particularly despises. She does not like this mask at all. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. She she hates this one. This is her absolute least favorite mask of everything I <laughs> I would be terrified of that mask if it wasn't your voice coming out from behind it. <laughs> this week on the hat and mask podcast. Oh my god. It's well, not even oh my god. <laughs> But we do also have the very small sombrero. <laughs> That's combating Nicks. Yeah. Right? So this is this. Yeah. This is the anti. This is the anti Nick sombrero. And with both of those, in both of those right now, I mean, that equals I it out my and makes it okay. To live here and yeah. Hat, <laughs> so. the two. Bill's is only a little bit offensive. I don't know, Oscar. What's the what's what's that? No, I think I think the one that Phil's wearing right now. It's a little bit more. It's it's the wrong size. But it's the right shape and what it should look like. This oh. is the, um, I'm proud to admit that I own about nine sombreros, uh, if you count the little tiny ones. Because if you count the little tiny ones, I have a lot more. But yeah, this is, a, this, is a, this is a child's sombrero. But, it's a, but that's a, the legit shape and what it should look like. It, that's embroidered the way it should look like. Not, I mean, not knocking your snake, but it looks like shit the way you were wearing <laughs> This Does anybody here remember the restaurant Chi Chi's? Oh my yeah. god! Oh, yeah. <laughs> my my youngest sister and I, we would go to Chi Chi's like every year for our birthday, and we get the fried ice cream, and they'd sing Happy Birthday to the tune of La Cucaracha, and you would get to take your sombrero home. And my sister and I each had about four of those Chi Chi's sombreros, and I don't know where any of them went because we were filthy with uh, sombreros. I don't at one know, point Oscar. What's the, what's the? And I don't know where they all went. I just have those extra room. I used to yeah. uh, I used to race RC cars professionally, and so they have right down at um in um, Independence they have every year for the last forty years a huge race called the Indoor Champs, and people from all over the world come to it. And I remember back in like I don't know ninety eight or ninety nine or something or two thousand around there, some guys from Mexico City came up, and there used to be a Chi-Chi's right there. And so no. they came up and they were like, dude, let's go to the strip club. And they're pointing at Chi-Chi's. I'm like, you're going to yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> they're going to be so sad when they, when, they're in, when they get to a bar that's actually a restaurant that's actually called Kitties. Yeah, and yeah exactly. There's, and there's exactly. Children. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. What do you mean there's burritos, tacos, and kids? I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Phil, you'll be happy to know that May 1st, Tito Santana is coming back to Dewey's. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Wow, that's something. That's, a, that's, that's kind of a big that's, – that's a remarkably good pull for playing at Dewey's. Like, that's, yeah. that's a big-name act for Dewey's. No, that, that would be cool. Oh, you the mean pizza. the pizza? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pizza. <laughs> Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, it, it's the Santana. Yeah. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I was so stoked. I was like, yeah, Tito. This is the greatest thing ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> Cinch, what are you drinking? I see that's a purple can. <laughs> um, uh, oh, wait. Loose can and loose I, cannon. Loose IPA. I haven't hey, drank beer in three months, and this is my first action back. I just again, I didn't want wine. I didn't want anything, so I bought beer today. I you guess, drink uh, like me when I start drinking. Yeah, it's like okay, it's fucking on. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. What are you drinking, Nick? More limoncello. Limoncello, oh, sweet. How much? How much limoncello did you actually make? I made. Um, well, I make it about a, a liter at a time. A wow. liter at a time. That was, it was really, I felt terrible because like last week you brought the limoncello out, but yeah. we had the painkiller there. And so everybody's <laughs> like, well, limoncello, great. That's nice. But painkiller, fuck, lose our minds. Well, you no, know? Yeah. I, I brought it just because the, the week before you guys absolutely finished all of it. So, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, a liter <clears throat> to, com- to convert that to bald eagles is roughly one quart, right? <laughs> yes, quart. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. So, so like a wine bottle is like 750 milliliters. I get it now. Right. <laughs> that was good cam i will be using that at some point soon and i watched a really interesting uh, video today speaking of motorcycles uh to write about <laughs> and it was uh it was uh, an english guy writing about an english harley owner talking about what tools you would need to work on your harley davidson because <laughs> It uses uh, it uses standard made, or as they call it imperial measurements. Standards. Yeah. So, and he was talking about how old equipment and old machinery and old cars, yeah. you know, decades ago, uh, in the UK, used that stuff, and they haven't for a while. And it was a really well, good video because I, I just because the, the week since he was going completely back to basics it, and so. explaining it as like a totally foreign concept to. Someone, you know, for someone here that doesn't own any tools but wants to work on their own bike if they have a Harley, it was a really good, uh, it ended up being a really good video. I thought all you needed was a hammer. He did. (laughs) The last thing he did recommend was a hammer, but. uh, But is it a metric hammer? Right. (laughs) The, uh, now I think what Cam's, what's Cam's on about, which I think we've touched on in previous podcasts, but is really important is with Harley Davidson's, depending on what generation you're in. They can be all SAE, right? So they'll be all. So if it's an all S, if it's old enough to be all SAE, right? Your carburetor is Japanese. That's which right. You need JIS screwdrivers yep. and metric to work yep. on your carburetor, and then standard for everything else. And then if exactly. it's newer, it's just a mix across the whole bike. And so people, there was this kind of a joke that came out when all the Buells came out. Um, the Buells were very much metric for the running gear, but they were very SAE for the motor. Hmm. And you could always tell the Harley guys who never worked on their own bikes because the Harley guys who never worked on their own bikes would be like, ha ha, these Buells are half metric and half, you know, uh, standard SAE. And I was like, well, what the fuck are you riding? Because every Harley that I worked on since like 1984 or 86 has been a mishmash of SAE and metric. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that just Eric Buell was responsible for. Well, with the British, they also had Whitworth. And so Whitworth was yeah. this kind of a game of saying, oh, well, there's going to be a special uh, tool sizes that are really just for um, automotive applications. And that was this super lame, fucked up thing. And years ago, I had purchased a BSA motorcycle. And when I purchased it, the guy that I bought it from was a true gentleman. He sold me all of the Whitworth tools to go with it. And after owning that bike for a while, I decided that it wasn't the right bike for me, and I sold it. It was a Gold Star, and I sold that one off. And then after I sold it off, I got a Triumph and a couple other ones after that. Mm-hmm. But I finally realized a couple of years ago, I was out of the British game, so I sold the last, bu- the last British bike I had. But to really make sure, I sold my Whitworth tools as well. 
So I sold all my Whitworth tools to guarantee that I would never make the mistake of buying another British motorcycle from that era. So since that point, all the British motorcycles that I've owned have been from the modern era, which is um, Hinkley by way of like Thailand or India or somewhere else, you know, though they're all metric. Yeah. Was yeah, it the same way? Were the midgets use, did the midgets use Wentworth measurement yeah. too? Yeah. Because that was yeah. a bit, when I had that thing, I could not find a wrench to fit it. And I didn't know that. Right. It's, a, not a, it's not a 7 sixteenths, and it's not a 13 millimeter. It's something else. Right. I, I had a 78 uh, midget when I was uh, like, it was my parents or my parents gave it to me when I graduated. Uh, I had an MG. So basically when I graduated within a month of graduating high school, I had three MGs. I had two seventy. I had a 74 and a half B. I thought I was bad. I had a 74 <laughs> BGT and I had a 78 midget, which was the second to last year. And by 1978, they had, they had chased almost all of the Whitworth fasteners off the car. Thanks. But folks. the bones the of that car are still dated back to like 1959. Yeah. yeah. So there was still a little bit of a, there was still a little bit of a Whitworth there. And I actually had a set of Whitworth wrenches. How uh, old were you when you had that series of cars? Uh, 17, 18. Yeah. I mean, that is equivalently, that is, that is literally girl repellent. That's oh yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way in the world that you're going to do anything other than meet old men with those cars. It's the like, same. Those, think those cars are cute. And then if you make any plans involving that, the car will work fine. If you just wake up one day and decide I'm going to drive my MG. But if you make plans that like, like I'm going to pick up, this really cute girl who thought my car looked really cool at 8 p.m. on a Friday, that car will never start. <laughs> I thought I was it might bad. even catch on fire. No, uh, I had RX-7s for that. <laughs> if you t- yeah, so a, I, so a friend of mine had an RX-7 and also burned, like, it caught on fire a couple times already. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's three states of RX-7s. There's yeah. about, there is has been on fire, will be on fire, or is currently on fire. <laughs> It's the only. It's the only three kinds of RX seven that exist. Isn't that also ways. the rule for Pontiac Fieros? Is the only good ones are the ones that are currently on fire. Yeah. No. Well, eighty eights. Eighty eights are pretty good. It's another okay. example. It's another typical example of GM of that era getting it right just before they threw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, and that's they, usually they the rushed last. it to market, and then they got it right just before they got the they, last. Uh, it's the same way so, Doctor Waters. Doctor Waters purchased Grand Am of the new body style Grand Ams, like circa nineteen ninety two, and so she bought the very first year of the new body style Grand Am. But she was being very careful, and that is, she made sure to buy a car that was only formerly used as a rental car. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So one of the ways that I actually uh, ended up kind of ingratiating myself to her was that she had accidentally driven the car onto some railroad tracks in the snow out, you know, like I think she she was in uh, New Jersey maybe. And she'd driven the car onto some railroad tracks, as you do when you've been drinking. And she actually had cracked the motor mounts on the car. And uh, because it was one of those sideways V6s. Yeah, 3100 or whatever. Exactly. And she had – she – kind of needed some help and the good news was the guy that she was dating at the moment was less help in person than I was thousands of miles away (laughs) (laughs) and so I was able to help her more from thousands of miles away than he was in person 
And then that was like this, the beginning of her going, hmm, maybe, maybe the guy who actually knows how to use tools might be a better thing in the long run. I've never, uh, I've, I've never attracted a woman by actually being like a, like a really awesome guy. I've always attracted women by just being better than the last piece of shit <laughs> they were with. That's a rule to follow. That's, that's, there was that's a, a number yeah. of ways though. That's yeah. Folks, at the end of our podcast. At the tail end of my MG ownership, I met a girl that I would date for go on the date for three years. Uh, and uh, she was an art student, very uh, art student, five foot ten, very, very beautiful, very exotic. And uh, at the time, to me, um, now those <laughs> girls are like a dime a dozen. Like, oh, you've got blue hair, interesting. Finish back. That's is good. <laughs> so, um, she was telling me that about about a month before we met, uh, her ex boyfriend uh, had been out with her and her mother, and her mother's van had broken down. And he puffed his chest out and, and got out of the car and asked her to pop the hood. And he looked under the hood, didn't touch anything, asked her to try starting it and like pretended to be looking at something and then closed the hood. As you <laughs> and and uh, he also apparently had a picture framed in his room of him standing next to someone else's car on the street. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, was, so that was the situation where I was an upgrade. I'm absolutely certain that the reason I'm with Merritt to this day is that I had a Gerber tool and I was not afraid to use it. And when I deployed it and it made that sound that a Gerber Suck the dancing yeah. Bear. Is, yeah. This could and go is, a lot of different ways. It is way secondary than a Leatherman tool. Like a Leatherman tool, like, you know, you, you got to fold it out like, like a, some butterfly yeah. knife that doesn't That's work, lame. work nope. right. Yep. Yep. But a Gerber tool properly executed is the equivalent of a switchblade knife at the perfect moment. Yeah, uh, having a knife yeah. that you can deploy quickly yeah. and like, having a lighter that you can deploy yeah. quickly yeah. is like the greatest yeah. thing in the world. It's the coolest. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure which is better, being able to wheelie a motorcycle or have a Gerber tool and know how to use it. I'm not sure which one works better, but I can assure you that on Dr. Waters, both of those are effective. <laughs> I gotta, speaking of, speaking of fixing things, I got to ask you guys about this because I think just about everybody here has had an engine of some, uh, of some description or variety of part, right? Like all of us have been inside of an engine. We've all been <laughs> elbow deep up, up in our guts. Something's engine. Up in our guts, yeah, that's it. Why is it that nothing feels better or more life-affirming or more, I guess, masculinity-affirming where is than, this going? Fixing, than fixing your toilet. <laughs> Nothing in the world feels as good what? as fixing your toilet. <laughs> like, that, this went like sideways when I was thinking it was going. <laughs> what the fuck? I've, I've talked to a, a lot of folks, and, I, and, I, and all of them will agree with me that we can do all kinds of things on our cars and trucks and motorcycles <laughs> and boats and whatever. But being able to fix your toilet, especially when it's like a minor, like when, when your girlfriend or your wife or your partner complains, that like the toilet's not flushing properly or something's weird and you oh. take you open the hood yeah yeah you take the tank off <laughs> and then like you make you adjust the chain and like you yeah. fix the thing you move stuff around and then it flushes yeah. perfectly you so, feel yeah, and great about it and then you have just our post-race interview you're like yeah yeah you know the the, the valve was the the flapper was staying stuck open so i took a couple links out of the chain now it's running real yeah, good yeah. so i can Give us any more problems. Huh? Yep, well, right you now, tuned it up there. You just yeah, sit, down, sit down, Junior. Sit down, Junior. I fix everyone's toilet at once. 
<laughs> yeah. And all of us have done it and all of us have felt great about it. I yep. just, it made me think that I should uh, get rid of all my cars and just get a bunch of toilets and just go tinker with those <laughs> and I would feel a lot better. <laughs> See, I don't feel the same way because I'm fixing everybody's toilet every That's fucking true. day. That's so. <laughs> Yeah. But You're I the would, toilet crew chief. Right. Don't make it your job. Just keep it your I'm hobby. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, if you if you make your uh, hobby your passion, you'll never work a day in your life or something. I think or you've been in self-quarantine too long. I think you're losing it. No, this was before the quarantine when I fixed the toilet. Hey, did you guys see that the Cub 125 is coming to America next year? The off-road one? Yeah. Nice. I was wondering, when you sent that link, like how many – Cars and bikes and stuff are going to be canceled because of the economic situation after this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't podcast. I, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that the Cub 125, that the Cub, <laughs> is like probably the, the bike that I'm the most excited about of just about anything they've released anytime recently. I mean, that thing is. It's perfect in every way. It's the proper use of the Grom platform, and uh, I, I will buy one of those. Yeah. Steven, can you change his name tag to uh, Tiger King? <laughs> how about change it to Furby? <laughs> yeah. Right, I just want to know how job. much – I would like to see it under a black light. <laughs> oh, no. Gross. I'm, willing, gross. I'm waiting for Phil. Instead of Phil coming back, it's that You're weird welcome. robot from Rocky Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. That's pretty fucked up, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Why do all these people have furry costumes? So what's the deal? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I think Phil and fucking Oscar have way too many secrets that we don't know about. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little off. You know, the thing is oh, that Phil and, Phil and Oscar shop at exactly so the like, same spot like because they're thinking Tiger... <laughs> I'm just gonna call this podcast a whole lot ahead. <laughs> I actually don't know what's happening anymore. I don't either. All I know is Phil keeps disappearing and just coming back with new stuff every five seconds. Has <laughs> anyone hey, kept a count on hey, the number of heads he switched out of? Yeah, we need to put a counter in the corner. We need to start adding some like CNN graphics. There's been at least like a, a crawler. Noah's head. So people can keep up to date. What's the new? Topic. What's the new cub called? The adventure. The one twenty-five. Uh, hold on, stand by. <laughs> I think they said they were called the CT one twenty-five. Oscar told me about the Japanese website he was on, and he said that uh, apparently this is the way that if you know, <laughs> young people. Yeah. Do this, awesome. Phil, I like I like how your that eyes awesome. on the green screen. <laughs> Um, the new the new Honda is the Honda Trail 125. Nice. So what's the deal? Like, Phil, you moonlighting as multiple mascots or what? No, I've got, um, I, I have got an irresponsible number of masks. As Merritt likes to say, we have an embarrassment of masks and outfits and costumes at the Waters household. Uh, so you like, water, did you, yeah. like, take those off them with violence or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Highlander. He goes every time he goes to a sporting event, he just... <laughs> I'm like another mask. <laughs> so, by the FBI five. for murdering five mascots throughout what's the time. Oscar and I went to a party a couple of years ago. When Oscar and I went to the Theater Bazaar party, yep. we... 
went there dressed in other costumes, but we left there with Maybe other costumes. Anytime <laughs> Phil and Oscar go to a sporting event, yeah, and they, uh, they take out their 600 BC katana, and he chops the head off, and he floats in the air for a couple like, seconds, like and lightning and he learns all the, the knowledge of the universe, and that's how he knows so much about bikes. And they also both left with Corona 17, which wasn't as bad, so that was okay. <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day that said, how embarrassing would it be to get the 2009 swine flu right now? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty lame. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So I'm not like I, I'm not to not to ruin the the overall festive vibe of the world's weirdest headgear podcast. The uh, <laughs> the motorcycle thing, uh, just that the idea the idea that Honda has brought out every possible iteration of the trail, um, you know the the trail 125, the monkey 125, monkey. the uh, the Grom 125, and the, the uh, yep. going back to their roots, and I'm going to argue that I know maybe in the United States these things weren't home runs, but worldwide these things have got to be money makers because you know they're all being produced in Thailand or somewhere it's affordable to do so, yep. and they all use basically the same powertrain. I've got to believe that this is probably a hell of a money maker for somebody that's literally taking lessons from a company like Harley Davidson that's producing thirty thousand dollar motorcycles and losing money. Right. And, yeah, and I think, Suzuki's uh, like, have you seen the DR650? We changed the colors of it this year. <laughs> what, yeah. what is Suzuki doing? Honda's killing it. And Suzuki's just like, eh, yeah, we'll just hold on to a carbureted bike from 10, 25 years ago. So I don't know what this says about the motorcycle market, but, you know, like in the car, in the car market, when a company wants to raise their profile and bring bodies into the dealerships, they build a halo car that costs like five or 10 times as much as everything else. You know, Ford builds the GT, Chevrolet builds the Corvette, um, Toyota builds the Supra. Every company has that halo car that's expensive, that's exciting, and that's what draws you in. And that's kind of that raises the profile of the brand. It seems like these yeah, days in the motorcycle absolutely. market, the halo product <clears throat> is the small, cute, relatively inexpensive, relatively impractical motorcycle that brings people into the dealership. And they find out, well, that's not actually what I want because I don't want to be putting around at 35 miles an hour everywhere. Or I don't want a top speed of 67 miles an hour. But on the other and hand, they buy something bigger and more expensive. On the other hand, I think that's kind of what Kawasaki was trying to do with, when they came out with that uh, that supercharged bike. Sorry, H, well, yeah, the H2 is definitely definitely an exception to that. But I think, like overall, um, it, overall, it seems like the small, cute bikes are what get people excited and get people into dealerships, and they probably don't end up leaving with that bike when they find out that it may not do everything they want it to. And a new take on this whole thing, too. So I don't think Honda ever really, well, they might have had to deal with it a little bit, but think about this. So they came out with the Grom, they came out with the Monkey, they came out with this other stuff, but now there's all the clones. So they're fighting bikes that you can get for 900 bucks. Cheaper. Yep. Yeah. Aren't actually that bad. Yeah, and you know what's funny is uh, Merritt was over here, and she just said the same thing. She says, you know what? Um, People are going into dealerships as the second thing they do. So the first thing they do is they, you know, so the dealership is not the contact point anymore. Uh, social media, Instagram, uh, various different YouTube shit. Like that's where people find out about stuff. But on the other hand. And you don't go to the dealership to find out about your new crap hand, anymore. I think that's kind of uh, what obviously, we're all talking about the that, Trail uh, 125 right now. Fight. And it is not in yeah. any dealership fucking anywhere right now to purchase. 
yet we're kind of, I mean, I'm kind of excited about it. And sure. I know that when Steve bought his uh, Super Cub and was looking at the monkeys, like that was the same thing. It was like, he was aware of that bike long before he could ever see it at the dealership. Yeah. So the dealership is the last place where you go to get your fulfillment. You've already made your mind up. You've looked at videos. You've got social media like presentation and some opinions about the thing. Just, and like uh, the last touch point whiskey. before you make the sale is the dealership. And then sometimes it's like you don't even buy it at the dealership. You buy it from like, you know, somebody else other than the dealership. But the dealership was where you got to like sit on it and see if it fit right and yeah. make your final decision to buy the thing. Well, it's not easy to test ride motorcycles either. So a lot of times you don't even get to experience the bike for the first time at the dealership. You experience your buddies or like, oh, uh, you're looking at buying um, a Z125. That's kind of a small bike. My buddy's got a Grom. You should try riding that first right? or something like that. I think a lot of people have that kind of experience too. But a year ago, I went to the dealership in uh, Amherst uh, on the edge and he kind of hinted at having the trail 125 and I thought it was going to come out in 2020, but it didn't come out. And he, I talked to him uh, just two days ago and he was saying that Honda is like uh, real pensive about releasing anything that's new right now. They don't know what they're going to do because I think they're waiting to see what happens with this whole COVID-19 thing. Yeah. But, but do you think it's, but do you think it's that or just the fact of just leading, leaving enough time between the cub and the monkey and then bring in the next thing? Or is it just because of the situation right now that's going on? I think it's a situation because I mean, usually mm-hmm. Honda releases like not not everything at one time. They like release like incrementally, they release things and that's what they've always done. And now they're not releasing anything. And cause I was asking about the ADV 150. Mm-hmm. And then I heard that they're, they're thinking about holding back the AD 150, ADV 150 scooter and bringing out a 300. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Three hundred would be a lot better for this market. What's that? Three hundred would be a lot better for this market, right? And that's what they were saying that it's going to be based on the Forza instead of the whatever the one hundred and fifty is. The I don't know what the one hundred and fifty is, but the Forza is really nice. They hit and it's got a a electric windshield. It's got all the updated. electronics and i mean if they brought that one out that'd be a, a scooter worth buying why don't they bring the 750 over it's been so successful in europe and everything like that steve you know, like throw the, that in a good story basket it wouldn't be very hard to bring over because they've already have approval for the the uh the nc 700 or 750x right. Basically the same so mark. it's the same thing it's just a little bit different body work right. yeah Th- did it say what the uh, top speed was on the ct125 did, did you? Did they 60, tell you that? It's around sixty. I mean, um, that's pretty good. I mean, for oh, for yeah. a CT. Oh yeah. I, mean, I think all those bikes that are powered by that fuel injected powertrain, that same motor. The nice thing with homologation and the nice thing with companies that do that is you get a motor family in, and it makes it very easy to get the rest of the bikes Just approved gotta, right. for various different markets. So you, the nice thing is you only need to, you know, to get approval for the, uh, the chassis essentially because the motor family gets through the uh, EPA for faster yep. versions of the same bike. Yep. So that's pretty rad. The uh, <laughs> hey, has anybody tried this? This is uh, one of our customers brought this over. This is Jackie O's 
Java the Stout coffee stout. Java the Stout. Java the Stout. But what's totally That's cool is check it out. It's got Java the Hut. Oh no! In Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> it looks kind of like a like a um like an old uh, Ed Roth drawing. So I was gonna say like it, it is uh, and it is the uh, it is. Uh, Did you tell it us is brewed with locally roasted coffee beans, and so oh. yeah, pretty cool. I'm very excited about this. I'm gonna give this one a give this nice. one a whirl. Uh, yep. Yeah, this was one of our uh, one of our podcast listeners brought this by, and so super super duper cool. And this came from Athens, Ohio. So nice. we're a big, we're a big we fan of um, Jackie O's. So my wife <laughs> loves Jackie O's. <laughs> and uh, and by the way, for our friend Kyle in Detroit. This Ooh. is the Detroit Roller Girls pint glass. So nice. that's not the nice. Detroit Derby Girls uh, pint glass. Nice. So, yeah, we're going to have a little, uh, do a proper presentation, proper presentation and proper pour on that one and see <laughs> hey, what that's all about. Hey, Cameron, uh, you, should, you should grab some uh, Slim Jim. Uh, those glasses are kind of throwing me off. Yeah. 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 Black, always <laughs> Black is the ace of spades you are there. <laughs> so I was realizing how reflective my glasses were. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I was trying to—I was thinking of like what I could pull up on my screen. Some porn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was secretly goats. I was goatsy with the guy hoping your, I was hoping <laughs> your girlfriend would walk through the room naked. Yeah, there you go. Did you see? It? I posted it the other day. Somebody sent it. It was like this whole thing. It was like your wife calls in and she's at her boss's place uh, and they're going yeah. to dinner. I, I saw them. They have. <laughs> <laughs> she she has like the you know like when you get room service at a hotel they have the metal things over the food and so she's taking a picture of the food not realizing that she's butt naked in the reflection <laughs> of the, uh, the little dome that goes over the food it was great it was funny what the hell yeah, it was, that was good Steve throw that into the good story basket <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, Joe. Savage, jeez. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with uh, Crunky's uh, background? Just uh, going to get a little pour of whiskey. <laughs> um, that is. Uh, those are proper. Those are proper whiskey pots going on there. Yeah. Ain't no moonshiners in that picture. Um. So, did you guys know that I sold the Honda Nine One Nine? No. Yeah. yeah. Nick, right? <sighs> no, I did not sell no, it to Nick. No, no. And I didn't sell it to anybody else. I sold it to a, a customer of ours who we've had for years. But the point being, I only got to ride the 919 one time. Oh. And, and this is, and I'm not joking, guys. This is one of those examples of, as a dealer, when it really fucking sucks to not name the chickens. Uh, yeah. You know, had this. <laughs> Had this been a normal week, a normal time, I might have hauled off. I might have just kind of hung back a little bit and kept the bike and decided to keep it and sell it in like August or September. But shit's getting weird out there, man. So I'm going to take every opportunity I can to, you know, to make a buck. And this fact that this guy showed up and he like, he straight up wanted to own that 919 way, way harder than I wanted to keep it. So yeah, he probably wanted that as long as you did or longer. Dude, that yeah. that did you tell us this one last week? I don't know, but point is, bike's fucking gone, man. Yeah, wow. it's it's kind of cool. At least we got the uh, the the picture from the uh, two podcasts ago that you got the 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 thumbnail for the for the uh, podcast. That was kind of yeah, cool. like I never all, saw that all photo. Four of you idiots riding that bike together is pretty much. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you guys seen this? 
Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's, that is really that is really honestly not joking around. That's what the CB eleven hundred uh, should have been. So Agreed. this Agreed. is what everybody wanted was they wanted the 1983 CB1100F, which is what this is. As a, This is a 1000, ironically. Uh, yeah. Right? So this is a 998. That's a sexy bike, man. That that's, looks so good. It is. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 And I like the fact the way that it looks like uh, it looks like somebody went in and took the old bike and then just like made it into a future Japanese yeah. animation well version done. of the old yeah, bike, well the 1983. Yeah. So no, what I we really like that. Unfortunately, it's not going to sell. Sorry. If somebody's not looking at this, <laughs> we're looking at the Honda CBF concept. So if, you, right. if you're just listening, right. the Honda CBF. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. So and sorry. Yeah. <laughs> If it ends up anything at all like the CB1100 concept bike, which they did produce, and they produced it pretty true to form to what they brought out as a concept, it will also not sell at all. So we don't need to worry about ever having to see it. Yep. Any emails this week, Phil? Were any texts or emails? Or oh, you're talking about rant? Oh, rant. Call, rant. Call, rant. Call, rant. Call, rant. Zoom rant. Zoom rant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second, guys. Yeah, because there's plenty of it. The uh, it, So uh, we have had quite a bit of function. Uh, the one thing is, I don't know if you can see this, but one of the guys says they've got their AMA Vintage Days ride. It's an Adley, A-D-L-Y, uh, 50cc. I'm just going to pull it up, and uh, it's there. there oh, eh, we lost a little bit because of the background. <laughs> Focus, you fuck. But, yeah, that's that. <laughs> oh. and, uh, So – uh, he said, uh, thanks for the awesome podcast with its tips on dental hygiene, stocks, drink mixes, and, of course, uh, valuable motorcycle advice. So, cheers to him. Uh, In that order. <laughs> yeah, totally knows what he's up to. Uh, the good news was the we've had quite a few folks chime in. I don't know if you know this, but our podcast, our Patreon listeners – this week, uh, we have been fulfilling Patreon dreams. We've been making dreams come true, and we've been sending all kinds of shit like coffee. Oh, the mugs and t-shirts? Nice. And stickers and shit to people who are Patreon uh, supporters at the $5 and $10 level. And uh, this is proof that dreams do come true. Um, yeah, in fact, we have been you know, getting folks chiming in the, uh, on the Patreon account. The uh, some of them are still confused as to thinking that the Patreon hotline number is actually a phone number that you can call me and have a conversation. Um, no, we will bank those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll bank those. The, He's uh, binge listening. That's that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those things where we do we do definitely want to let people know that when you do chime into our our pond, uh, podcast, Dave in San Diego says uh, thank you so much for the box of goodies. The art on everything is great. Um, any chance I could buy a couple of extra beer koozies? Yes, fuck yeah, you could buy extra beer koozies. Uh, call us at the shop. Call Renee, uh, the lovely and talented Renee, at two one six seven nine five fifty five eighty, and she will sell you. All the beer koozies you need. Uh, we'll make sure that you get plenty of fucking beer koozies. We made a lot of beer koozies. 
So uh, there'll be plenty of them. You, you won't have to have any hard time finding beer koozies. The, uh, the cool thing, too, if you call the shop and ask for beer koozies, uh, we are shipping right now. So we're sending stuff out every single day. And uh, there's no there's no shortage of a you know a product available for you guys. Any any dick uh, pics that you can recently? What's that? Dick pics? <laughs> <laughs> Not to show them, but I mean just asking. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, wait wait for it. I'm gonna go through my. I'm gonna go through and check here. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys are you guys ready for a uh we have a guy who's following in the footsteps of rand oh no oh boy <laughs> yes new Great. rand should it yeah new rand new rand we have to make an, uh, we have to make a segment intro that goes like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. Rand so here's uh here's the update from who i'm gonna call well because his fucking name is drew drew davis hello my Cleveland Moto family. My name is Drew Davis, and I grew up in an itty-bitty village in northwest Ohio called Ottoville. Blah, blah, blah. Four years in the Army. Blah, blah, blah. Five years into the Guard as an 88 Mike. So uh, I think 88 Mike might be a camo technician, a, a camo guy. Uh, now to the important shit. I just moved to Arkansas, and I live in Bentonville next to the Ozarks. I've always loved my Honda, but I fell in love with the 2012 FJR 1300. Ooh, wow. This, ooh. Yeah. He says, ooh, this thing is amazing and definitely blew my skirt up the first time I twisted the throttle. So I bought it and I ripped through the twisties today on mountain roads. It's amazing and it was sunny and 73 degrees and just perfect. Anyway, I was just curious if there's anything to be aware of that I might not know about this amazing machine. Holy shit, I'm sorry I got carried away. Next time I'll text when I'm off the Jameson and not riding an adrenaline high. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with motorcyclists and Jameson? It's all of us. Uh, honestly, no, I'm I'm not I, I'm not a fan of the uh, Irish. Yeah, no, I'll take mine from Burb. I'll take mine from Kentucky. Thank you very much. The uh, uh, next time I'll get carried away. Next time I'll text when I'm off the Jameson, and not riding an adrenaline high. Y'all are amazing, and I've listened to your episodes twice through. Twice through. Whoa. Twice through. That's a lot. Fuck, man. Yeah. He's binge listening. Now that's crazy, dude. That's absolutely crazy. Um, I think he has brain damage. <laughs> okay, but you're. Oh, I don't know why Mecklefresh isn't here because here it goes. I sell and service ambulances and spend a lot of time on the road and love what you guys got going on. I also met you fellas at Mid Ohio when you all had the V7 out there selling raffle tickets, and then we exploded the back tire. Um, well, we didn't really explode it. We just made it a little warmer than it was to start. Fire! The bike yep. fire, dude. Fire! Fire! Uh, it says, Phil, you're the man, but heathens need to take it easy on Cam. Nah, I think Boop. he likes it. Yeah. He likes it. <laughs> I got into it with somebody on a Facebook uh, Mustang group. It's like a Mustang group specifically for 94 to 98 Mustangs, and we were ripping wow. on a guy that cut his dash apart to put an Xbox in there. Okay. And he's, oh, like, no. he's like, we should be lifting each other up, not tearing each other down. I'm like, if this was like... 10 years ago and if this was a car forum you wouldn't last five seconds without being called some kind of slur but what did all the other retired hairdressers think about his comment right <laughs> that was that, that was the thing it was like there were like for every i hate to say i hate to admit that i do this but like i think everybody <laughs> profile surfs to some to, to some extent and when when there were people that were like that's really cool that he put an xbox and he spray painted the inside of his interior electric blue and uh <laughs> 
And I just, you know, you click on the profile and it's like, it's like. A guy wearing the glasses that you are right It's now. a guy wearing the glasses <laughs> that I am on like a 15 year old, on like a, like a 25 year old ATV. And I'm like, that face matches the opinion. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. These are my Corvette glasses that I got. By the way, Momo was uh, sitting on my lap and was just captivated by watching all you guys. I couldn't quite get her in frame. Uh, speaking of Momo. <laughs> cat's called Momo. Yeah, I named my cat Momo. Uh, and it's not the not like Japanese for Peach Momo. It's the steering wheel Momo. The steering wheel. The steering wheel. Yeah. Is your other cat named Ricaro? Is no. I wanted to name the other. I wanted to name the other cat uh, like Nardi. And no, it was going to be Nardi or Boxster. And I got. That cat attached itself to Bethany, and she named him Bilbo because he went uh, outside once and walked like four feet out the door and was hiding under my car and looked terrified and actually came back to us. And it just made me think of, uh, if I take one more step, this is further than I've ever been from the Shire. <laughs> I don't think that was Bilbo who said that. No. Someone yeah. doubts you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was, Sam. yeah, it was Sam. Yep. But Would anyone uh, like... What's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cam. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, speaking of things getting weird, what's the uh, what's the Yamaha Scrambler that's not really a Scrambler that they came out with a few years ago that like nobody bought? It's, it's the a, uh, Yamaha Bolt S CR nine hundred or something. Yeah, it's a nine twenty. Yeah, I think. yeah. <laughs> it's not a non-attractive bike. It just looks the proportions are kind of weird because they tried to make a Scrambler out of something that is very clearly not a Scrambler. Like they no, should have gone. It's basically the Yamaha Bolt is proof that Yamaha can build a Sportster so bad that it will rival the Harley Davidson Sportster. <laughs> I, I I hate to agree, but I mean, like the what the dealership down here, uh, I think State Eight still has like a couple of 2016 Bolts kicking around that you can buy for peanuts. And I sat on one expecting it to be way better than my 2000 Sportster, which is a bike that I love for a lot of reasons because it was my first bike and everybody loves their first bike no matter how bad it is. And I found out it was actually like ergonomically felt somehow worse than a 20-year-old Sportster. And I didn't I know that was that, possible. I think that Liza did a pretty good job of writing a review or kind of giving a commentary of a bolt that she rented on uh, Twisted Road. Or, yeah, that yeah, was great. And she wrote a review and she basically said, she goes... In the, my history of riding motorcycles and a lot of different motorcycles, including those weird Jesse James 90s choppers bikes, um, she said that there's never been a motorcycle that had a worse seat than the Yamaha Bolt. Wow. So if you take that bike and you add knobby tires to it or semi-knobby DOT tires to it, that's what the uh, scrambler Still is. Still with no ground clearance. No, no, no. It's, hey, super, it's, a super, it's not an unattractive looking bike, but it's just a weirdly proportioned bike. It looks very poserish, but I, I mean, it's still, I don't want to dog on it in case somebody out there has one, but I realize I can because nobody bought them. But I was at the grocery <laughs> store today. I ventured out of my house for the first time this week to get groceries for me and my neighbor. And there was one of them parked at the grocery store. And I'm like, things are really getting weird out here. Do you want to hear an email from a dude named Olaf? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, snowman. Okay. <laughs> Anytime I have the opportunity to read anything from somebody named Olaf, I'm going to fucking read it because oh, up sure. until recently, my, my yeah, genetic yeah. background was a bit of a confusion as I'm adopted, but I did find out I am Norwegian. So it turns out that Olaf is in fact from Nor Norway. Does and he have so a carrot for a nose? 
<laughs> is that like so, long for Ole? Yeah. So this is uh, this is Olaf, and uh, it says test message for Cleveland Moto Hotline. First, will I be able to input all the digits in the right order? I highly doubt it. Well, guess what? You did it, Olaf. You did. Yeah. You've achieved greatness. You're here. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm truly sorry. It seems like I fucked up. Sorry for bothering you, but not to waste your time completely. I will update you on the status of Trondheim, Norway. Five degrees Celsius, wet snow all over the place, light drizzle of rain, a few bodies quarantined due to corona, insert outworn beer joke, one to two months until two-wheeler season. Uh, looking forward to uh, at Italy. Italy can be nice or it can be nice even in Norway, reference photo. He sends a picture of his Moto Guzzi V7 Cafe Racer with the sun setting in the background and what can only be described as the perfect hero shot loaded nice. with luggage and shit like that. Let's see it. But anyway, oh yeah, I'll, I'll show you the picture. We'll throw the picture up. Um, I'll go ahead. I'll make it real big and we'll so see how bad this works. You're just starting um, a little does that bit. Work? So. Okay. There you how go. bad is that? That is pretty yeah. good. That's, That's good. pretty bad, right? Okay, cool. That, that okay. picture but looks now, like it's from the brochure. It's like from the fucking brochure. Honestly, it'd be better if the Moto Guzzi brochure had that. But can anybody name, for bonus points, hey. I'm going to hold it up to the camera. Can anybody name this motorcycle that he just bought? You're, you're, you're extremely distorted. With Saturated, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, can Magna 750? Name? That's a Magna 700 or Magna something. You're right. Who got that? Me. Was, <laughs> You're right, dude. That is not just a Magna 700. That's a Magna 750. Yeah, right. It's, Magna 750 it. is the fucking one you want to have. Nailed uh, it. An 84, right? So, no, it's uh, it's pretty late. So, you get into the VF 700 is going to be 87 and 88, I think. And the then, home, like, at the uh, very tail end, when they said, fuck that tariff, stuff. 698 <laughs> cc's, we're going to come out with a 750, a proper 750. V4. Yeah. Super Magna, designed by Arlen Ness. Mm -hmm. And so here it goes. He goes, uh, time to make it worth my Patreon money. Anything I need to know about this ride? Good? Bad? Huh? Honda VF750 Magna. Great. Great bike. Awesome bike. The, the, the guy had no idea. He was tapping into somebody who has an actual Honda CB750 Magna fetish. Mm -hmm. And I've got a CB700, you know, I've got a VF700 Magna in the garage right now. Um, I've had several of these motorcycles, and it's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's like Leonard Skinner, but made in Japan. Uh, it's a weird thing. Guys, I got to bounce out and go to another Zoom meeting for work. <laughs> so that means we can find you at dumpsters.com dumpsters.com uh, and if i'm not on that one just go to the rosman family zoom meeting which we do once a week now too i need zoom one of those dumpsters.com hats for when i'm uh, working on the corvette for the video series for corvette forum <laughs> i can see if i can go in your way i would really appreciate that that's just <laughs> absolutely I actually don't mind the Zoom format for podcasts in dire situations. It worked out pretty well. So uh, yeah. I feel like we should do it like this, but when we're still, when we're all sitting around each other at the shop. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no, no the feedback no, would be worse. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but everyone, please stay safe with all this uh, Corona stuff and have fun. I see you, Kevin. See you guys. See you, Kevin. See you, Kev. That, uh, that. That 750 Magna is a really bitchin' bike. 
This is pretty good. So he says uh, he's been working on 50cc Benelli carburetors for 20 years. You know, like when he was a kid, he used to do like Benelli's. So he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I've done tons of those. And I tried to warn him. I was like, look, I have an unnatural love for this motorcycle. There's no doubt about it. I said, I hope it runs perfectly. Working on the carburetors is an absolute nightmare. It's remarkably powerful for a 750 cruiser bike. And it, it actually does it rides nice it drives really nice it's a good motorcycle um so that's a weird thing like those last year the last year's uh vf uh 750 c's uh, those are those are pretty badass bikes you know it's and it's that honda thing it's like two-year hondas are always weird and rare like the transalp and the gt uh, 650 hawk and the uh, gb500 that shit's all weird and the ascots uh, they're all weird bikes and they always hold their value, but there's that, that, that magic one year of the 750 CC super magna, uh, that will always hold its value. It's, it's the, it's the El Camino of weird eighties Hondas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck can afford one of those? Absolutely true. So, but you can't drive them anywhere near a school or a playground or anywhere <laughs> that like that. Uh, they they are on a list, as they should be. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, we've got very few motorcycles that I think are. Uh, we always joke about Dinas in general, like Dinas are that kind of thing where it's like, if you have a Dyna, it's probably because as Cameron once said, what your, your uncle or your brother went to your brother-in-law went to jail. Uh, trying to remember, I think I described uh soft tail, like just the, the vague idea of an old soft tail as uh the brother-in-law bike is the, the brother-in-law brother owns. Brother-in-law bike is always the one that's like, I got this from my brother-in-law. I'm going to ride it. And I'm going to sell it before he gets out of the joint. In like three months. <laughs> yeah, Dinas are, are kind of funny because like the FXR before them, it was a bike everybody hated when they were out because it was a more uh, international style Harley Davidson, which meant that um, it could kind of corner, uh, in quotation marks, kind of corner. Uh, and it was kind of built to compete with, you know, Japanese cruiser bikes that were doing what they were doing a lot better objectively at the time. And it was a bike everybody hated until they discontinued it and replaced it with something else, and then everybody decides they like it. So everybody hated the FXR until they got rid of the FXR and then thought, man, I really love FXRs. And then Harley started CVO and made a ton of money selling FXR2s and FXR3s and FXR4s in the late 90s, early 2000s. Which you and can't have. What's that? You want what you can't have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, uh, I think that's a lot of the charm for the Dyna, too, because if people really did... Can love the Dyna as much as they say they do, then Harley would still be making, they wouldn't have absorbed half the Dyna lineup into the new uh, Softail lineup and axed the other half. I mean, the new Softail is, I say it's new, it's a few years old now, but the current Softail is not like half Softail, half Dyna. It's all Softail, but better. And they just got rid of Dynas completely. And now everybody decides that they that Dynas are the coolest motorcycles ever made. So I think uh, I think within the next few years, Harley's going to replace the uh, Sportster probably with something imported. Yeah. And then I think the Sportster will go from being the starter Harley or almost a Harley or half a Harley or my wife's bike or whatever to, oh, man, that's cool. That was the last real Harley. 
That's ex- by 2023. That's going to be what everybody is saying. I guarantee it. I'll put money on it. And that might be a good thing for people who are considering about buying a motorcycle right now that can buy a motorcycle that is crazy fucking cheap that in three years when they're done with it and they're bored with it, they might be able to sell it and make a fairly good amount of money. It might be the Sportster because yeah. the best thing that's going to happen to the Sportster is when they kill it off. And, you know, there's nothing that works better for the, like the Harley customer than nostalgia. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've, they've proven that over the last couple of years with all of their, they're, just, they're going back to the AMF aesthetic, which I kind of predicted they were going to do. And I was surprised when they actually did it. And it seems to be working out okay for them. Yeah, it was one of those things is like, you know what, it takes a solid year of COVID-19 to make the swine flu look really, really appealing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But yeah, I think you're I think you're right, Phil, because there's no shortage of shortage of sportsters. You can find a sportster even before all this COVID-19 nonsense, even during like tax season, you pick the worst time of year to buy a bike which is when I bought my first bike and I, I scored a Sportster for 2300 bucks, and it's a nice bike. And, it's not a bad-looking uh, bike. I mean, it's actually a good-looking bike. Yeah, and that was before I even cleaned it up. Yep. You know, it had a bunch of grime on it because <laughs> the guy actually did touring with it. He maintained it, but, like, he wasn't, like, the sit-and-polish-the-chrome guy. He was the I'm-going-to-take-it-out-and-ride-it-and-take-great-care-of-it-mechanically guy. And, uh, you know, there's a ton of sportsters out there, but the second that we know that that is a finite amount of sportsters, all of a sudden they become way more valuable. Right. Yep. Um, you know, that finite amount could be a hundred thousand, 200,000, half a million. Um, I don't know how many sportsters they've built because I've got mine and that's all that matters to me. But I think if it's somebody that's been on the fence for a while about wanting a sportster and then all of a sudden you can't get a real American made bald Eagle sportster anymore. And the new entry level bike is objectively better, but it's imported or what, you know, what have you. Then the Sportster turns from a $2,500 bike into a $3,500 bike. And then, well, speaking of that price range, Phil, did you see your best buddy? Um, They released this. Hold on. Let me see if I can get this up. You guys see this thing? (laughs) <laughs> oh shit yeah so i i regret to all agree. kinds of press on this look at that yeah. wow so if i got if i got my tw200 and did what i want to do to it after right. sitting it for in the back of my garage for a year torn apart half done that's exactly right. what it would probably look like but this is electric. that's not a compliment uh, that's an electric bike though from our yep, buddies at cleveland bike. cycle works they right. need to go away they really do. <laughs> I'm tired. That, I'm, I'm tired of my city's name being attached to some of the shittiest motorcycles ever built. But you know what I'm what I'm curious about because obviously we. I think everybody that's here in this room, this virtual room, everybody that's in this room was invited to the uh, launch of that product. And uh, raise your hand if you went. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, the, uh, I forgot. What are we? What are we talking about for people that are just listening? It's the Cleveland Cycle Works. What Falcon? Is that what it is? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, electric bike. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, you know, that, the Thunder that Falcon like Power Hawk. Wheels. That that's like power. <laughs> <wheels>. <laughs> it's. I mean, even forgiving the fact that it's a rendering. Like even yeah. looking beyond that, no, no, like they what have a production the version would look like. It looks very toy like. No, no, they have the production version over here. It's it's sitting here on the thing somewhere. But anyway, pull it up. all right, hold on. It's only fifteen thousand dollars, by the way. What? <laughs> 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 
Stand by for action. Hold on. Stand by for stand by for more data. Yeah. Well, when I when I was uh, Cleveland Cycle Works really got me crazy because at the Chinese food restaurant they had all their bikes from another Chinese company pinned down the wall. And they were coming out of the back of a Chinese food restaurant. <laughs> All right. So, if you guys want, if you guys want to take a second, do you guys want to give me a couple of seconds to let you know kind of what these numbers mean? If you're not, if you're not hip to them, okay. So, uh, if you look there, what Sleepy's pulling up for you is uh, what they're saying is they're saying it has a 160 mile range. So, here's the rule. You see where it says the range is thanks to a 4.4 kilowatt dual battery pack considering of, consisting of two swappable 2.2 kilowatt backs. Now, here's what we're going to tell you. First of all, this bike has 29 uh, pounds feet of torque. So 29 torques is uh, not a ton of torque in the electric motorcycle industry. Um, to give you an idea, that's about 50 less torques than a $9,000 Zero FX or FXS. Um, and based on that. Less and two, K, two kilowatts less battery pack. Well, yeah, considerably. And the current, the current Zero standard is 7.2 kilowatts, which gives you 80 miles an hour, actually 88 miles an hour. And uh, if you're Steve Hoffert, about a 91 mile range. And that's all done for about 10 grand, 11 grand. So at $15,000, this thing's really coming in on the short side of good. The other thing that we really got to watch when you're talking about this thing is they say that it has a, uh, they say that this bike is in the neighborhood of 29 foot pounds of torque and 17 horse purse, but they say it has an 85 mile an hour top speed. And so an 85 mile an hour top speed would be consistent with a zero FX or an FXS, but a zero FX or an FXS is running at about um, 80 torques and about 65 horsepowers. So for about $6,000 less, you can get about 50%, well, honestly, 75% more performance Nothing from here. a company that you know like Zero that's going to give you a five-year warranty on the battery and a two-year warranty on the bike itself. So hitting the market at $15,000, I don't care what the name of your company is, that's too much money for too little performance. Uh, A 4.4 kilowatt hour battery pack is very, I mean, that's pretty small in the world of bikes. What's a very cheap thing that the bike was missing completely to make it a viable computer or commuter or even usable bike? Is no fenders at all. There's no, no, there, there, yeah, there's, there's a lot of not, there's a lot of DOT things that don't appear on that, that imagery. Um, if you look at what the Department of Transportation says a motorcycle has to have to be able to be sold, a lot of stuff that the motorcycle has to have to be able to be sold is not turn signals. Yep. That bike there. <laughs> well, it's got, it's yeah. got turn signals. It doesn't yeah. have a rear fender. There's no two signals there. They're there. They're just not DOT. Um, Exactly. One mirror. Oh, shit. I get one mirror. I get a Dime City, one Dime City Cycles mirror. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a twenty. That's a sixteen dollar China eBay China finest mirror. But the point being, like, there's nice a hat, like, Bill. there's a whole lot of stuff on that motorcycle that is absolutely not DOT approved. The seats uh, look really comfortable too, by the way. It's, yeah, uh-huh. like, <laughs> well, the the more important thing is that there's a lot of shit on there that's crooked and weird and kind of janky looking. Yeah, I was noticing like the stitching on the seat yeah, is like really. It does. And, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's bad. I'm inclined to feel shitty. Look at the weld right here. They didn't even cover up the weld on the tubes or anything. Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird shit. But like, the turn signals are not even. They're like kind of like kind of bobbly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff on there. And then strangely enough, what I'm I was curious because it seems to have a front brake uh, lever. And it appears to have a left brake lever uh, like a scooter would. Yeah. So there's no foot control oh, yeah. rear brake. So the foot well, control yeah. for the rear brake would normally be on the right side. They're clearly doing this scooter style with uh, hand controls for the rear and front brakes. So as like as a whole, like the entire thing, uh, I don't – look, if you want to spend your money that way, that's great. But I think that for $10,000, you can get something that is not just proven, but is used by the United States military uh, for 10 or 11 grand. You can get something that has not a 4.4 kilowatt battery, but a 7.2 kilowatt battery. And something that doesn't have, uh, you know, 28 torques, it's got 80 torques, over 80 torques. And and also a proven company. Like, people know Zero are going to back them up and at least be a good company. I've never heard, and I'm not trying to disparage the guy, but I've never heard somebody say, like, wow, Cleveland Cycle Works has the best customer service I've ever seen. Uh, And that's fine, right. And so I think the customers are going to speak loudly on this one. And, uh, you know, we started the podcast today with uh, Steve Hoffert riding his Zero electric motorcycle on a beer run. And he was, you know, riding around Cleveland on a silent motorcycle with a headset mic, and we were all bullshitting with him. Like, he was the only one that was literally riding a bike while we were launching a podcast. So, and now we're looking at his fucking belly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm horrified and aroused. Yeah. No, I wouldn't hit a dead dog in the ass with that stupid bike from Cleveland. <laughs> Whatever cycle <laughs> those guys suck. I'm sorry, but those guys just fucking suck. Well, the the idea the idea basically that that I think that bothers us is that they're putting the word Cleveland, yes. which is something that we feel strongly about, on a product that is less than high quality. And so we I would want- be okay if it was a piece of shit built in Cleveland. That would be our piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, part. You know, it's like it's like try yeah, talking it's badly. Try talking badly about Beast Ice to somebody from Milwaukee. Right, they know it's shit beer, but you're not going to talk shit about their beer to them. Right. Any comments, Grumpy? <laughs> right, but from the people that brought us COVID nineteen, here's your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they could own it, like Malort. Malort knows they taste like shit, and they actually promote themselves as like we are the whiskey or whatever that tastes like shit. So if you want to do whatever, so if at least he was like, hey, you could have a zero, but. <laughs> You could also have this piece of shit. That'll really sell bikes. Hey, this is the zero that performs like shit. <laughs> that worked out really well for the. Uh, that worked out really well for the Cosworth Vega. One Vega for the price of two. 
<laughs> and, for the record, I'm from the other side of the state. I'm from the home of uh, Howland's Brewing Company in Old Style. Oh, oh. sorry. My, my bad. Still <laughs> 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 Wisconsin, <laughs> I don't know what that says about me that I'm more bothered by the uh, by the fact that they call it a, they label it a Cleveland bike and it's a piece of shit and it's not made in Cleveland. <laughs> if it was made in Cleveland and a piece of shit, I'd be totally fine with the name. I agree. <laughs> they should change your name to like Ask Your Bugle like Cycle Works. <laughs> <laughs> Zine Ohio Cycle Works. <laughs> We, 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 we made gummo Venture Lagoon cycle works. <laughs> if you just take the if you just take the logo and take the L off and put an R there where the L is, I think we could all have a good time laughing about it. It's like Janice bikes. All you have to do is take the J off and it's the greatest motorcycle ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the Janice that I rode. It was uh I liked everything about it but the engine. Well, yeah, you know, well, it's, which is 90% of the bike. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but all the stuff they did, they got right. And then yeah. they just had that life N 250 CC in there. And it was uh, just not very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But the bike itself was, I mean, the, the build quality of the bike was nice. The geometry was actually pretty good. It was actually decent to ride. It wasn't just a pretty face, but I just, nice. Did the, one that just, wrote, did, did the one that you rode had have telescopic ports, <laughs> or did it have the? I'm Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. I can't see you. Your pussy's in the way. Got him. <laughs> how's how's old dog lips doing? Tiger lips. <laughs> He's Can you show everybody his dog lips? You know how dogs have like. Like the like the the black gummy lips. Nick has to make some noise so it highlights his square. Nick, but you can oh, see yeah. his cat Nimoy has yeah. has like a dog's lips. Oh, you can't see his lips. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> the dog's got black kinda, lips, man. That dog's got black lips. Kind of saw it for a second there, but uh, no, it wasn't actually. It was the the one with their funky. I know what you're talking about. It was the one with their funky fork setup. It was a cool bike to ride. I mean, I didn't beat on it or nothing, but just riding it around. What happened That's to Chris nice. Smith? Nothing. I'm here. No, <laughs> I think he's watching. He's not talking. He's watching the game show channel. He he admitted to that when we first started. He was like making game show comments or something. I don't know. What he <laughs> uh, Nick, did you ride a uh, Did you ride a Janus at Mid Ohio one year? Who? I did. Did you Did you get to who Who was that? No, I just I just went around covering up all the J's to make them say anus motorcycles. That was my big thrill. That's all. I <laughs> fucking afford one of those. Plus yeah, they're like eight grand, I think. And the for a two fifty Lifelin motor, you can buy the motor for seven hundred and twenty five dollars. Yeah. What? Yeah, the Lifelin two fifty is like seven twenty five, eight hundred bucks, dude. If they built those bikes out of like used Yamaha TW two hundred drivetrains, that would be a better value to me. Right. So like if you they, could build it, your own chopper for like four grand for what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I mean, I still think they're cool bikes. I appreciate like what they do. I pre like I think they're built pretty well. It's just that motor is a real letdown. I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you, Steve. Where it's like, I wouldn't pay eight grand for anything with that engine in it. 
Well, no, and they also they did a documentary. They did a like a Janus motorcycles documentary where these two dudes were like, we built mopeds, and we were nice like, head, Phil. moped, like you know, like force about mopeds, and we decided to build our own motorcycles, and like it was kind of cool, but at the same time, it was so hipster that it hurt. Like it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. You know. Yeah, but I mean, think of who they're selling bikes to. Who's actually buying Janus's? That's their market, unfortunately. Jani. Are they really though? Is there are there hipsters that have thousand dollars for a two hundred and fifty cc motorcycle? I've yeah, seen I mean, at least one out in the wild. Yeah, have you? Yeah, I haven't seen a single one here in the Cleveland area. I mean, I I mean, I'm kind of aware, and we do the DGR rally, we do a bunch of events. I haven't seen a Janus showing up at anything that we're doing here in Cleveland. So, have, has anyone seen one around town? I've seen one in Highland Square in Akron, so that's kind of a trendy area, but. Phil, when you have that hat on, your name instantly goes to Gaylord. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to sing, you have to sing uh, Edelweiss at some point soon. <laughs> can I get noise because nobody can see your hat. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. We've, we've, got a, we've got a better setup now. I think this is a more representative identity. So. <laughs> Um, Cinch, to answer your question, um, all the people I know that have told me that they had, you know, that they've seen Janice's out or in like, uh, like San Francisco area. So like, you know, tech startup country. So it's guys my age or a little younger that have a ton of money because they sold some dumb app that rates like public restrooms called Pissable or like whatever. And, you know, they've got more money than they know what to do with. And they just buy stupid shit. And they don't have, uh, they don't have like a ton of space. So I see a lot of guys buying, if it's a weird motorcycle that you're like, nobody's buying that. No, it's, it's some late 20 something in San Francisco from a tech startup. That's who's buying that motorcycle. So to your credit, I used to have an app where every time I travel for work, I'd, I'd check in when I pooped. And then I'd rate the shitter that I was at. It was like the public shitter rating like service. No way. That really exists. Oh, it really uh, exists. I mean, it's a good idea for an app. Like if you've got to go to the bathroom somewhere and you've got no, a few choices. It really was. Cause like if you're at the bat like if you're at the airport, right? It would be like if you're at gate twenty three, that bathroom's horrible. There's it's way too crowded. Go to gate fifteen and there'll be a nice family shitter that you can sneak into and have a good time. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> a nice family shitter that you they can need sneak to, into. They need to interface that with Google Maps so that it has real yeah, time no, no, no. Google <laughs> sewer view. Fucking millennials. No. And the, yeah. the thing is, is that you can tag pictures. And so there were so many people that just took their feet. There was like all these oh. feet installed. <laughs> oh, 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 gross. <laughs> what, what, I like your background. Austria, are we in? Yeah. Where are you at, Phil? Uh, we're doing a little, uh, we're going to do a little sightseeing. We're going to do a little uh, land treffen here at the Zugspitz. We're going to yodel? Yeah. Here in the Lugstaite. Oh, yeah. It's a schöner Tag here in the Bavarian, Bavarian Alpen. No, that's not the Sleepy, don't put that one up. We're here on the Glossglockner Alpenstraße. No, come on. Yeah, two fills, two fills. Me. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> now go to Phil. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, no. 
How do you uh, how do you change your background? You need to bring some of those. Oh, it's only a laptop. Tech savvy. You have to hack into the whole system, buddy. Got to hack into the mainframe. Yeah, Matrix man. <laughs> I called. A, there's a little Indian guy I contact. I contact a little dude in India, and his name is uh, Charlie, and he's from Kansas. Charlie. And uh, <laughs> he says, "Hello, hello. My name is my name is Charlie. I'm here from Texas. Can I help you?" He says, "Can Can I help you? This is Charlie. I'd like to help you very much." <laughs> I'm sorry. That is that is racist as shit. But India, by the way, with this whole uh, Corona thing, India has locked down their entire country. And if you watch India videos, uh, the way they have it is they have goon squads running around the country, and these goon squads have sticks, and the sticks are about four feet long. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Just whacking the shit out of people. Yeah, if you're out, uh, if you're out on the street and you're not supposed to be, like if you're not in a tuk-tuk carrying clean water or toilet paper <laughs> and people who desperately need it, um, what am I talking about? They don't have toilet paper in India. They just <laughs> use their hand. And... The uh, if you're out there on the street, they're they're gonna assault you with these sticks, and you watch these videos of dudes being assaulted with sticks like they're nine years old, and uh, yeah, they're shamed. Yeah. Oh, so wait, that's offensive, but not the big ass sombreros that Nick and all the other assholes had earlier. Come on, no, man. Like, you that, like you being here makes that acceptable. If we had an oh, Indian guy, okay. On the so I'm, the, I'm the token Mexican that it makes everything fine. All right, cool. Okay, I know a Mexican go. dude, dude. I know a Mexican. Dude. I know the one Mexican guy that makes it all good. All right, cool. I got it. It's like that's like because I own a Harley Davidson. Used of homophobia because I'm the token. <laughs> got it nice all right cool <laughs> oh dude we all ride scooters we're all gay yeah we're all gay yeah exactly <laughs> hey your drinks in uh directly proportionate to the size of your scooter right <laughs> indirectly proportionate to the size of your, your uh engine so yeah and i'm fucked because i have a moped so i'm totally fucked <laughs> That's why maxi scooters rule, and I will never get rid of the BV500. It just makes my dong so much bigger. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so, I got I to gotta say that as far as I'm concerned, like the, the toughest thing about this has been that we, all of our friends in other markets have had really good weather to go ride around on. And here in Cleveland, we have not had the greatest weather to go play around. And that's been uh, that's been kind of a bummer is that everyone else is riding around and having a good time. But for us, it's been sort of minimal, like our ability to go have a great time has been offset by kind of the overall shitty weather. And, yeah. you know, that kind of sucks. I, I wish we had better weather that we could be out, you know, uh, enjoying the fact that we have the right kind of vehicle to dick around on. Uh, Sunday, cloudy and 62. Oh really? Okay, maybe yeah. we'll get Perfect. Out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, yeah. we're gonna get a lot of so rain. The rain's gonna clear off the roads from the salt. Well, and, there's I mean, not that many that much salt though. I mean, yesterday I, I, I took on my moped and just run around. It was like almost seventy yesterday. It was per- fucking perfect. Yeah, it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was really nice. The so. uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I. I've been working, so I've I've stayed consistent. Oh no, that's sucky! What the fuck, dude? Come <laughs> on! <laughs> is that a zebra it's, with like the tree? It's a sonky. It's a sonky. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now, 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 I I feel like we're I feel like we're at least we're in the right spirit of yes. things. Yes, you are. 
I, yeah. I feel like we're we've got things now properly <laughs> set up correctly that that we can give we can give respect to the the very first. <laughs> Um, not joking around, this, this, this one time in Mexico, I was riding around and Oscar led me into uh, the traffic of Tijuana, I believe. And when we were in Tijuana, we came upon a little K truck, a little 660cc like K truck, like a Mazda yep. Porter Cab or something. And in the back of it was a Whatever. fucking Siberian tiger, like a real full-size fucking Siberian white tiger tripped out of his mind on fucking you know weird fentanyl and shit, and uh, and Oscar was like pulling up and he's like poking at it and shit on his Vespa. Yeah, <laughs> that was real. That happened. Yeah, it did. So they were promoting a circus, and that was back in the day when they actually could have animals in circuses. We don't have those anymore in Mexico either. So, but yeah, that was that was fucked up. <laughs> Free proper fucked up. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that. That is one of those things that we've. I've told other people that I've gone to Mexico with that, like, you have not been to Mexico until you've seen a zonkey. And nope. uh, that's, that's right a, there. Yep, that. that's a zonkey. It's a. It's basically a jackass that's painted with white stripes. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> And actually, that's the that's the mascot of my hometown, Tijuana. That's the basketball team's mascot, right. the Zonkey. Cinch, what do you got going on in the background there, you wild man? That's just my back room. They're all waiting for me. That's the dirtiest <laughs> here. I got some work to do. I remember when that artist was going around doing all these photo shoots in different yep. cities in America, and they were getting as many nude people as they could to come out and just lay down. Yep. Yeah, I can't remember that artist's name. I don't know, but I don't see any balls. So I, well, I think it's, I, no, I think it's all dudes, then. <laughs> there is, there's, there's balls right there. If you look, yeah. if you look just to your right shoulder, that dude is smuggling. Uh, what? 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 What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there, there. Yep. And if you look to your left, Steve, if you look to your left shoulder, if you look to your left shoulder. There is also that is that has got to be testicles because there's no labia that big in the world. <laughs> okay, we'll just go ahead and do that. There we go. Right. There we go. Yeah, trippy man. Oh my God. That's it. All right. Well, I I don't know. Do you, do we think we should postpone this madness any further, or is that enough? Yep. Uh, Today, uh, on if for anybody's not paying attention, we did launch one of our episodes from the vault today. So uh, if you go to the Cleveland Moto Podcast Facebook page, you'll see that we did release an episode from this, uh, pretty much this weekend, but Time Machine nine years back. And uh, we got to sit around the garage and we were talking about the ways to resurrect your motorcycle correctly, uh, wake it up, which is a topic that some other motorcycle podcasts are covering right now in real time. We were here 10 years ago, giving you that information. Uh, So we threw that one up as a bonus episode uh, for the folks that may not get this one until a couple of days later. So there you have it. Who were Uh, the participants in that 10 years ago? uh, That was uh, James Robertson. It was uh, Shane Post. It was John Mecklefresh. It was Dustin Elliott. uh, Your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Yeah. Nice. So that was the uh, that was one from the vaults in 2011 of this very same weekend. Nice. So we need to bring some of those people back. Shane Post, James. Yeah, James. I agree. 
Yeah, and you yeah. know what's funny is I listened to that podcast, and James is remarkably good in that podcast. Like, uh, don't let James sell you short. He's fucking great, and uh, he brings a lot to that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> is there anything area. that we can offer? So all these people, everybody in the world is kind of quarantined right now, but social distancing can be accomplished on a motorcycle. <laughs> Yes. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. talk about that for a second. Like, it's a great way to get out into the world. You're not going to be within six feet of anybody. You can enjoy things, see things, get fresh air, take your well, love. Also, also, just being out in your garage working on motorcycles. Oh, yeah. 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 I've, gotten more, I've gotten more done in the last, uh, you know, I, I had a friend that really uh, put things kind of into perspective for me. And uh, not to be insensitive to anybody who's like out of work or struggling financially right now, but if you are doing okay, or if you're at least, you know, keeping your head above water. Um, he, he said that, you know, now you're kind of being forced to live the life you've built Always for yourself. A safety guy, Phil. So Always all those parts guy. you've got sitting on the shelf that you've been waiting for time to install, yeah. you know, you, if you've wanted to, man, I really wish I could uh, scrub my wheels down and get all the grime off them. Or I wish I could clean the garage out and sweep it up. Like we saw Just you do it. Night, Nick. Yep. Just go out and do it. You've got time yep. now. And uh, enjoy it, you know, and get your mind off things for a little bit. And uh, also, um, unconfirmed by Johns Hopkins, but apparently uh, coronavirus cannot survive uh, with the smoke from a two-stroke. So if you've got a two-stroke, perfect. I mean, you're doing your neighborhood a favor by gassing (laughs) out the neighborhood. It's like the mosquito truck. It's it's not a bad idea, but if you are concerned about, if you do want a list of shit that can survive two-stroke smoke, this is exactly what it looks like. So <laughs> this is this is what it looks like to have anything that survives two-stroke smoke. A uh, my, 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 yeah. I think Oscar is a good example. Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, right? like, how good is it for your mental health when you're stuck inside? If you're work, like, I'm working from home right now. So, like, in the area I'm in right now, I've been in all day, whatever. And, like, I'm enjoying this. I'm hanging out with you guys and everything. But... It really is good for your mental health to get into the garage, to get on a bike, to do oh, something, yeah. to get yeah. out of the house and like do something. It's really good for you. I was talking uh, last year, I was talking doing kind of like a year in review of last year, and I was writing about how uh, I experienced true contentment last year for the first time in my life, and how I also experienced a completely clean garage, clean and organized garage <laughs> for the first time in my life, and those are absolutely related to Uh-oh. each other. Yeah. Pregnant. That's, that's a fool. That's a load of shit. <laughs> Nick, how much better did you feel when we came over and swept your garage out? I can, I mean, I can tell you right now, I feel pretty good, and my garage is a disaster. Yeah, but you'd feel even better if your garage was clean. I, unproven, unproven. <laughs> I'm bored. I'm lonely. Can I give him? Can I give out my phone number for Harley questions? There you go. <laughs> yeah, screw yourself over. Come on, go, throw, throw it in there. What yeah. what are what are projects that everybody's working on during this thing? Does anybody have a project? Like I'll start. Like I just went over and I fixed the choke. I I took my grim to my buddy's house. We did the carburetor jetting, and as I was loading it onto the trailer, I missed the handlebar because I might have had a few beers. And I nah. soon the the, the um, carry or what do you call it the ratchet strap to the choke lever instead of the handlebar. No way! Entire choke lever off. So my project the last couple of days was to replace the choke lever on the grim. Anybody else who's working on something? Okay. I've got the Corvette all torn apart right now. <laughs> I really want to dig into the Sportster, but I kind of. How many how many bolts and screws were on the back end of that Corvette? 
Oh, are you talking about the the rear bumper situation? I'm not yeah. pulling the bumper off. Okay. I pulled the bumper. I pulled the bumper off. Uh, the way that they keep that shape consistent, and the way they keep almost zero panel gap between the actual main body shell and the rear bumper, is like a bolt every three and a half inches. Seven millimeter head. So what you have to do is you've got to take your license plate off, reach in on either side, and pull your license plate lights out. Pull the inside tail lights, and then reach through that hole. Pull the outside tail lights pull the fender liners and then go through and undo every one of these bolts and there's like a couple dozen bolts holding the rear bumper of a c4 corvette on and uh when you have your hand inside the taillight panel like uh it and your buddy takes a picture of you it looks like you're inseminating a cow and if your buddies have photoshop (laughs) you look like uh you look like one of those like factory farming guys but yeah i really want to dig into this the, uh, the Sportster, because I've got a dual-disc front fork for it now. I've got almost everything I need to actually finally build that bike into exactly what I want, and I've got it kind of partially torn apart. So, Excellent. Nick, what are you, uh, aren't you working on the Vespa, Nick? I was working a little bit on the Vespa, uh, but today it was kind of warm, so I was out in the garage. I got the Honda, the, the Superhawk, up and running again. Nice. Uh, I... I got the bandit up and running. I had to replace the choke cable and I, uh, I actually synced the carburetors, which was a pain in the ass, but uh, it had to be done. Uh, and I've also been doing the, um, the front brakes on the Fiat 124 Spider. So did you have to take the front of the car off, uh, again? To do the front brakes on the on the Fiat, <laughs> <laughs> different Fiat. So well, I was like, oh, to no. do the new Fiat. So in order to do like, to, in order to work on the new Fiat, you had to take the entire uh, front of the Fiat off. Yeah. Yep. So to work on the old Fiat, is it the same protocol? No, only because the entire front won't come off. <laughs> oh man! If it could I would. Uh, but no, actually, my my daily driver Fiat has been uh, stranded down in North Canton at my parents' house for the past two weeks because I've got elderly grandparents living there. Oh, um, I had to go and work on it. It's it's down there, um, half taken apart. Uh, what are you driving now? Yeah, my, my dad's car. I, I'm borrowing oh. my dad's car. Um, it, it sucks because I I only have like three or four hours left before the Fiat is probably able to go Done. back on the road, but yeah. I can't touch it and for who knows how long. Yeah. So can you explain your background, please? Yeah, uh, that's that. Yeah. That would, be, uh, <laughs> that would be from the 1973 uh, Penton, of, we know from Pam- Penton from Amherst, Ohio. Uh, you guys are familiar with the Penton brand of motorcycles? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. Did a really good, uh, if you look on the gentleman's jersey right there, uh, right above. That's what I'm watching. Yeah. 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 So if you look at his jersey right there. The jer- jersey says P-E-N-T-O-N. Right. So that's a Penton rider. And this is what happens uh, in the 70s when you would race motocross uh, and you'd pull into the pits. You'd have uh, your pit crew would just be like people that would help you out. And uh, things were a little different in the 70s. Uh, because, you know, rules weren't the same regarding how, you know, gasoline and stuff in the pits. So when you pull into the pits, you could see that the guys here on the Penton team, 
they mm-hmm. they had some they had some local talent over there. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, if you take a look at if you take a look back and you see that there's a, a little bit of local talent in the in the general Penton area. Yep. Uh, yeah, in the Penton area. Yeah, and the sen in the seventies, the idea of riding motorcycles was still deemed to be um, fun, right? And it wasn't overly regulated, and oh. the people in the pits didn't have to have fire suits on and stuff like that. In fact, it was well, more of a natural experience. I thought at the time it was because they didn't come out with uh, flame retardant clothing yet, so they just went without. Well, in the point, I guess, that, oh, yeah. right, yep, I guess yep. the idea would be that if anybody in the pits, if their clothing was on fire, it would be easier to deal with the situation if you didn't have to deal with the clothing that was on fire, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I just think yep. it's, it's a good idea for safety. As I think skin is a lot less flammable. I, I think yeah. it's a whole clothing. Would, yeah. Well, and also, like, always the safety guy, Phil. Always the safety guy. Always. And, and, and realistically, there, there was a whole change because two months after that picture was taken, there was a fire. And then a week after that, a lot of ladies were like, oh, I'm going to start shaving because it looks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's how that trend started. That's how Revolution. There you go. Kawasaki. Kawasaki. Kawasaki went for a different thing with their team riders. Uh, team Kawasaki <laughs> went with uh, – they, they, the idea was aerodynamics. And with Team Kawasaki's riders in the 70s, the idea was that, you know, that like that whole Cannonball Baker thing, you know, yeah. the best way to cut through the air is to not have a bunch of fabric uh, impeding your ability to go down the road. So I, I, if this is demonetized, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Kawasaki, thumbs up about it. Like, you know, when, when you do hit pavement, you want to slide. So if yeah. you're covered in grease, oh. you're going to oh. slide a little bit, right? Oh. Fair Woof. <laughs> yeah, woof is right. Woof is yeah, exactly. So, Dan, also, you got a new bike. Are you working on your new bike? You got a – what did you get? I got a 72 um, Yamaha SC5 200cc two-stroke. Nice. I don't really think it needs much. I've, I've got to sort out the rust in the tank and the carbs, but uh, it seems like it's in good shape other than that. So it doesn't need jugs or nothing like that. It's all good to go for a while or what? Phil's got the jugs over his shoulders. No. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. We so that, uh, so I'm, uh, Daniel, if you could, that bike, uh, that was a bike that we had around the shop. And we did, uh, you know, we did, that That was a bike that, that you know, I had ridden around. I bought that bike <laughs> in Ohio. And... That uh, that particular machine, uh, it did. It always ran great. I mean, that that bike was a good, solid machine. So, I mean, I think that's a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I mean, it, other than that, it maybe needs a battery, and that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the right way to buy an old two-stroke. Uh, yeah. So, if that's it, anybody else got anything else? I, I think that was it. That was our first ever Zoom podcast. Zoom uh, Corona cast. What? The Corona cast. Corona, Corona cast. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, the Corona cast is legit. Well, the, we, uh, we did do our part to like stay safe, you know, and like none of us have symptoms or anything, but we're still trying to follow the recommendations. <laughs> <Do> the <right laughs> <thing. laughs> follow the rules. <laughs> 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 
I think I think on that, guys, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and ride fast and take chances. Get the button, damn it!